And a lovely Tuesday morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He is Griffin Bass. Today's show brought to you by the Maryland Five Star. Come see Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. A lot to do on a Tuesday edition of the program. Coming up in just a bit, we will catch up with former Raven Chris Canty. He was on the call for ESPN Radio as the Ravens beat the Patriots in Foxborough on Sunday. He was trying to hide. I, I saw the video that he posted on, or not, he didn't post it on Twitter. ESPN posted on Twitter. But um, on Lamar Jackson's touchdown run, he couldn't hide his um, inner Ravens fandom. He was very excited about it. You're supposed to be neutral, obviously, when you call the game. But Chris, given his experience with the Ravens, he won a Super Bowl with the Giants, but had a few good years here. And we used to talk a lot, and I remember how much he liked his time here. So we'll talk to him about what he saw from the Ravens in a bit. Our buddy Clark Judge, Talk of Fame Network, SI.com. We will catch up with him, get his thoughts on the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, the rest of the NFL. Did the top teams in the AFC really take a step back this week? Is it more muddled? I am I am interested in that. Um, and also, we will preview Waiver Wire Wednesday, talk a little bit about Romeo Dobbs, probably a good amount of Jamal Williams conversation in there. Greg Dorch is still out there. I don't know what he did this week. I uh, he had a good game. I think he had like eight catches and like 70, 80 yards. Wait, so our, it sounds like our levels are very – it sounds like I'm, I'm – Very I'm, deep leagues. He's a great option. No, 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 I'm I'm, t- I'm talking about our levels. It sounds like you're lower than I am. There we go. That sounds a little better. Better, yeah. yes, for sure, better. Um, anyway, we will do all that this morning. <laughs> Joe Serpico from uh, Pressbox, our Pressbox fantasy football analyst, will check in with us on um, on a waiver wire Wednesday preview here on GCR, and then coming up a little bit later on, of course, simply the bets. We do it every Tuesday morning at 11:40 a.m. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Um, Orioles win last night, so that's that's something. It, it in the in the words of Lenny Kravitz, I guess it ain't over till it's over. So there's there's that. Um, they hit a bunch of home runs. Anthony Santander, finally, the Orioles won a game in which he hit multiple home runs, which is a very weird bit. Just does not make even a lick of sense, but I think they had lost their last eight games when Anthony Santander had hit. They were either 0-7 or 0-8 this yeah, season when he hit multiple, multiple home runs, which is just bizarre. Like, I in a million years, there's no explanation for that. Orioles will continue the series with the Red Sox tonight and, you know, just just keep swimming in the words of Nemo. Uh, or was that Dory? Which one? Which Who said that just was, keep that swimming? That was Dory. It was Dory. Yeah. Um, they will send is a Cobb Radish to the mound this evening against Michael Waka, and all they can do is try to handle their own business and hope for more good news elsewhere. Um the Mariners were off last night, correct? Correct. So the yes, Orioles sweet. make up a half a game there and get back within three and a half with nine to play. That math don't that math don't math. Um, they're six and a half games back of the Blue Jays, so they're really they're either three and a half games back of the Mariners with nine to play, or three and a half games back of the Blue Jays with six to play. Like neither one of those is is good. 
but the thing where they could maybe overcome the Blue Jays by using the three games they have in hand with them, that that's kind of gone by the wayside. There's essentially no chance of that occurring. Um, what do the Mariners do this week? They have the Rangers tonight. Yuck. They're throwing Robbie Ray on the mound. Yuck. <laughs> Yuck. And then, I don't know, some other bad team this weekend. Uh, the Mariners indeed do have the Rangers this week, and then they have the Athletics at home over the weekend. So Fantastic. I mean, look, they lost two out of three to the Royals, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it, the Orioles legitimately at this point, like any – so we can do this math, right? So the Orioles have – so that means the Rangers have another off day next week, right? That means they have another off day, I guess, next Monday probably. No, they don't have – oh, I see. The Rangers have a doubleheader next Tuesday. And they get the Tigers. Oh, my God. It's all at home. Everything's at home. The Rangers, the Athletics, and the Tigers. So they have – one, two, three, four. They have, they have 11, 10 games. 10. They have 10 games. The Orioles have nine. So, if we're being reasonable at this point... The Mariners have more games to lose. It's good. Thank you. That's a great point against bad teams. And if the Orioles were to go 6-3, and three, they'd need the Mariners to go 3-7. and seven. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, who has the head-to-head? Actually, yeah, yeah, so they'd have to... We'd have to go 7-2, and two, or they'd have to go... Because the Mariners have the head-to-head. Yes. Yeah. Why are we doing that? Why are we wasting our time with this? I mean, I, I get it. It's not over, so you feel like, hey, any it and it would Kevin Garnett say anything is possible, right? Like impossible I, is nothing. Thank you, thank you, Kyle. I appreciate that. Strong. T- it, it's like he never left. <laughs> um, I appreciate it, and I I understand. Like it's very difficult to just say, well, it's over, and we shouldn't pay attention to it when it's not actually over, but. It's over. I mean, it's over. There's nothing else to watch tonight. So, I like, for example, I watched a very minimal amount of the Orioles game. I watched the first, uh, it, literally until the football game kicked off. Then I flipped over for a minute after the game, the football game was over. But I'm going to watch football. It's it's just, come on, dude. I mean, I saw the ball that Gunnar Henderson hit. Holy oh my goodness. crap. Holy hell. Jesus. <laughs> So and also, I was listening to him try to explain the Keegan Aiken thing. Keegan Aiken's that you can't bring him back up now. Really? Is that? I think that's what I, I heard them saying on the clear br- space. No, that's what the deal was. The deal mm-hmm. was they just needed a pitcher. They had to have a pitcher, and so they had to make a move. And the move they made was Keegan Aiken. But I'm pretty sure I heard them on the broadcast say that means that Keegan Aiken can't come back up until the playoffs if they were to mm-hmm. get there. So. It's interesting. It's not look, Keegan Aiken, for as well as he was pitching earlier in the season, has not pitched that well of late. Like that's just kind of the reality. So you know, uh arm fatigue perhaps. I'm I'm not sure. Or maybe he was just sort of pitching over his head and that wasn't really who Keegan Aiken was going to be. Kind of a nice story at the beginning of the season that he had settled into this role and it looked like one that he could continue to succeed in, but not sure that's uh, that's actually practical. Look, hey man, the Orioles will play tonight. We got nothing else going on. We'll probably watch it, or at least watch it for a little while, and then I I don't know. I I don't know. I I'm sorry. I wish I could be more. Hey, you know, anything anything could happen. Like I just I can't. It's it's not happening. It's it's been over, 
And it's a bummer, but we'll talk about that more when it's actually over, when it becomes official. As far as the football game is concerned last night, I, I have no idea what the hell to make of Cooper Rush. It's not like he's playing particularly well, but he's playing well enough. Um, I, <laughs> I hate what I hate about it. I have to admit this. I don't. I'm more nothing the Cowboys than I hate the Cowboys. I hate the idea of the Cowboys. I don't actually care because the interactions between the Ravens and the Cowboys are so minimal that why would I care? I mean, one of my favorite wins in Ravens history, probably the best win in Ravens history, was the night they closed down the old Texas Stadium in 2008. That was a magical night. I mean, that's as magical a win as the Ravens have ever. I don't think there's any if there will ever be a day where the Ravens will have a better regular season win than that night. It was so wildly unexpected. It was everything. It was the Cowboys allegedly requesting the Ravens as their opponent for the final game, making their ceremonies post-game on a Saturday night after they had just gotten their brains beat in. It was, you know, touchdown after touchdown, Willis McGahee, Le'Ron McClain at the end of the game. I mean, it was everything you could have ever asked for. It was right after the Ravens had just lost in soul-sucking fashion the week before against the Steelers. And you were afraid this magical... I've, I've said before, 2008 was my favorite season in Ravens history just because it was so wildly unexpected. You were going into the year thinking that either Kyle Bowler or Troy Smith was going to be the quarterback. You had to turn to Joe Flacco only because Kyle Bowler got hurt and Troy Smith nearly died. Then Flacco has this wild run on opening day. They get a win and then all of a sudden they start putting things together and you're like, wait, what? And you can't really tell if they're good or not because when they were losing, they were getting their brains beat in. John Harbaugh fighting with Chris McAllister. There was so much going on in 08. It was incredible. What an incredible season it was. But nothing better than going down to beat the Cowboys. But I don't really care about the Cowboys, right? Like I'm, I, I understand why NFC East fans hate the Cowboys. But for the most part, I don't care about the Cowboys. And I don't even care about the fact that all those stupid national shows talk about the Cowboys all the time because I don't watch any of that nonsense. It will never bother me what they're talking about on the first take or get up or first things first or get things first or get up first. Speak or for yourself. Don't forget that. Whatever. It, they, they will, I will never be bothered by any of it because I don't watch any of that nonsense. And it's on you if that's how you choose to spend your time. Take up a hobby. There are so many wonderful things that you could do. Try pickling vegetables. They're delicious. Ever had some pickled onions? They're incredible. I don't care about that. The only thing that I care about in relation to the Cowboys is the fact that they keep getting shoved down our throats in TV windows. And you might say, hey, you know, why do you care which game is on TV at 4 o'clock? You can always get the ticket, and then you can have all the games at 4 o'clock. Or aren't you doing the post-game show most weeks at 4 o'clock? It ain't just 4 o'clock. It's last night on Monday night. It's going to be next week and... Whatever, maybe on Sunday night or Thursday, the Cowboys are constantly shoved down our throats because the NFL, instead of trying to figure out if they might have other marketable teams and stars, just falls back into what's comfortable. The game last night was quite boring. I mean, it was a very boring football game. Ended up having a little bit of action in the second half, thankfully. But for the most part, it looked like you know Broncos 49ers all over again last night. And because the Cowboys have now managed to win two more games with Cooper Rush as their quarterback, it guarantees that we're going to have the Cowboys flexed into some more you know, na national TV windows before the season is over. There was a chance that the Cowboys could just fall apart after Dak Prescott got hurt, 
They could lose every game. And then maybe there was still a chance even after that. They might they could be 0-6, and they might still have gotten flexed into a, 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 a national TV window. But at least there was a chance that if that occurred, that we would get less Cowboys in national TV. And maybe some other teams that are, you know, good with more marketable stars, with guys that I want to watch. But alas, by winning two games with Cooper Rush at quarterback, we get essentially a guarantee of more Dallas effing Cowboys in our life. (sighs) Awesome. So cool. I care. Ugh. Ugh. Thanks for nothing, Daniel Jones. Um, not that I care about them either, but just would be nice if the Cowboys would lose so we could stop paying attention to them. Um, I got new power rankings coming today at PressBoxOnline.com. Look, I, I, I'm going to default a new team into the number one position, but I don't believe in it. I don't believe the Dolphins are actually the best team in the NFL. It's just that like you can't. You can only spit in the face of the results so much, right? Like, I'm not going to leapfrog. The Bears have won two games. Did you realize the Bears have won two games? Um, I, I guess guarantee, no. I guarantee. No. And I, and I, I didn't wrote wake this up this morning thinking, oh, yeah, my God. I, I, get, I wrote this in Power Rankings. I guarantee you could go to a bar this week and win money betting against somebody about how many wins the, the Chicago Bears have this season. Or, like, name the teams that have two wins, like two or more wins. There's no chance anybody names the Chicago Bears. None. Zero chance. Because nobody has any idea what the Bears did this weekend. They've already forgotten about them beating the 49ers in week one in the monsoon. And nobody on the planet has any idea, unless you live in Chicago or Houston, that the Bears I beat s- the Texans this week. I saw a stat. It was, like, uh, the White Sox. Between the White Sox and Bears, since, like, opening like opening kickoff night, the Bears have more wins in Chicago than the White Oof. Sox. Oof, of course, the Guardians clinched the AL right. Central over the weekend. Um, rough times for the White yeah. Sox. Uh, rough scene. A rough, rough. Also, rough. you don't have the Eagles number one over the Dolphins. No, I don't even have the Eagles number two. Wow. I just don't believe. Like, it's this thing where I, I think the Eagles are good. I do think they're good, but I don't. Like, they beat nobody. Like, we have to be honest about that. And I get it. Their schedule is not particularly difficult. The stats are already out there that as of the moment they would be favored in every game they play for the rest of the season. So their schedule's not going to get all that more difficult. There's a couple of games in there that are, are pretty close or could be in flux. Like, there's, a, there's I think, a game at the Colts where, like, at the moment, they would only be favored by, like, a point. Um, and there's another one. They play somebody good at home, and they'd only be favored by about a point. But um, they, I, I can't... I can only overreact to it by so much. They haven't played anyone yet. Whereas I have to acknowledge that the Dolphins have played good teams, and won all of their games. So I, I can't... I, do I really believe they're the best team in the NFL? No, I don't. Do I really believe that they're the team that's 3-0 and that's played good teams? Yes, and you kind of have to recognize that and go with it. But I, like I, both the Bills and the Chiefs' losses this weekend, the Bills to a good team, the Chiefs to a, what we thought was a bad team, um, both of their losses were extraordinarily fluky. Like, the Bills can't get a, a snap, can't you know get a playoff, had an opportunity to convert on fourth and goal. The, Josh Allen bounces the ball. You just don't see that every day. Like Goofy things kind of happened to allow for the Dolphins to get kind of a miraculous win. The Chiefs, it's, it's an extraordinary set of goose, goofy circumstances. They have to have a backup kicker who misses an extra point and a field goal, a short field goal, 
Oh, right, Tyler Bass also missed a field goal for the Bills in there. Add that into the list. Misses an extra point and a short field goal. They then have so little faith in him that they try to go for a fake field goal instead of just letting him kick a field goal. Then you have this Chris Jones thing where they were going to you know, force the Colts in like a fourth and long, and he apparently says something to Matt Ryan that gets him a personal foul. Like, There's just such an extraordinary set of circumstances. The results happen, and you have to acknowledge them, but you also have to realize like they might not be the most genuine reflection of who the actual best teams in the AFC are. I still think the Bills and the Chiefs are the two top dogs in the AFC. I just can't ignore that the Dolphins are sitting at 3-0, and and I think the Ravens are right there, and you might say, hey, but the Dolphins beat the Ravens in Week 2. Yeah, but it was an extraordinary set of circumstances. I, Dolphins fans can be mad about that, but like... You have to file it away. You have to acknowledge that. And plus, they're number one in my stupid power rankings. So how mad could you really be at me? Today's show also brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. Stan and Ross Grimsley caught up with Bill Swaggerty last night, the former Oriole. If you missed it, you can find it right now. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Click on the videos tab. Go to YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. When we come back in... Clark Judge, SI, Talk of Fame Network, longtime NFL writer, Hall of Fame voter. We will catch up with him. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today stan the fan here welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors the costas inn and everybody around baltimore knows the costas inn is a great place to go and grab crabs steaks salads soups whatever's on your mind to eat in person but did you know that the costas inn has upped their game they are now one of the premier takeout places in baltimore give them a call now to order your food 410 477 1975 that's the costas inn over 4100 north point boulevard make the most out of every day in your toyota rav4 available in hybrid or gas only models a rav4 can get you where you want to go in style check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new rav4s from your local toyota dealer today See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th or 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom, from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State, and we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage 
coverage of demos, ravens, and terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. Today's show also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. They're giving you free bets right now. You come into the FanDuel Sportsbook, you make a $25 parlay bet with odds of plus 500 or longer, then you can come back the next week with $5 in free bet to use on a same-game parlay with plus 500 odds or longer. It's getting two bites of the apple. The FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Always good to catch up with our next guest, friend of mine, longtime NFL writer, Hall of Fame voter, Talk of Fame Network, SI.com. Mr. Clark Judge is back with us now here on GCR. Clark, what's going on, my friend? How are you? Oh, sorry, Clark. We have a little bit of an issue with our phone there. We'll get that fixed real quick, and then we'll try this one more time. That's on us. It's not on him. Try that one more time. Clark, you got me? You do. Oh, you got awesome. me. Yeah, I got you. That's the most important part. Great to chat with you as always, sir. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, Clark, I'm going to ask you this broadly. Who's the best quarterback in the NFL right now? Um, Josh Allen. Okay. <laughs> Josh Allen. I know, I know I'm talking to a Baltimore crowd with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson had a great three games, but um, Josh Allen is absolutely carrying that Buffalo team. And I know Lamar's doing the same thing in Baltimore, but um, you watched that game against Miami last week. Um, I mean, that was, that was something else. I mean, honestly, I, I, I really got a great admiration for him there, but Lamar Jackson's playing out of his mind. He's playing at an NFL MVP um, uh, caliber football. But if you ask me who I take first, I take Josh Allen because I think he can do what Lamar Jackson can do in terms of escaping the pocket, gaining yards, running, not as, um, wildly spectacular as Mar Jackson, but um, who's the more dangerous quarterback in the pocket? I think it's it's Josh Allen. So um, yeah, I take him by a nose over Lamar Jackson at this point. Three games in the season, right? And I, look, I'm not going to try to overreact to it because it, I would have agreed with you for sure coming into the year. But man, after three games, I, I I I've always been enamored with what Lamar Jackson is capable of doing, and we've all seen it. And when idiots were talking about him not being a good passer, you know, we actually had all of the evidence here, and we kept saying. What in the world are you talking about? He's an outstanding passer. But what we're seeing this season is it, it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. You know, I'm not old enough to, to know what it was like to watch John Unitas Clark. Um, but, like, I've never seen anything like this in this city. This man is in full command of an all. It's, it's like watching someone conduct an orchestra right now. No, I, I understand that. I'm old enough to, I'm old enough to see Unitas. Of course, he didn't flesh the pocket. Right, run, but. right. 
Uh, there's nobody to throw a better downfield pass. I saw Burt Jones, too. I mean, Burt Jones is a great quarterback. And Burt sure. Jones could run. He could sure. throw. He could he carry the team on his shoulders. Um, but, um, yeah, he, what he's doing is, is spectacular. Have I seen it before? Yeah, I have. I mean, I saw Michael Victor in, in Atlanta. Um, and he was wildly effective and took them to a conference championship game. Um, but I think until or unless Lamar Jackson sort of advances that team farther in the playoffs, there's always going to be that, well, okay, let's see what happens in the postseason. Now, in terms of three games, these three games, yeah, he's playing as well as anyone I've seen as well. Um, is it better than any? Well, no, we've had, we've had great quarterbacks in the past. Um, you know, Elway, when you watch Elway, Pat, I mean, if you watch John Elway throw the ball 70 yards across the field, you go, God, oh my, I've never seen that. Um, but people today tell me when Patrick Mahomes does it, they've never seen it. Well, they didn't see John Elway. So um, what he's doing is, is fabulous. There's no, there's no downside to it. There's no downside. But if you ask me which of the quarterbacks I'd take at this point, um, I'd, I'd still I'd take Josh Allen. Um, and I guess it's based on sort of history, what I've seen him do in the, in the last couple years and what I've seen him do in the playoffs. But, you know, when I, when I watched him last week against Miami, I just went, wow, this guy just he, – he almost, he almost does too much for that team. I think a lot of people think some has to be taken off his shoulders. Might be the same case with Lamar because he has to carry that rushing attack. At some point, I've always said I think at some point – that that's just not going to work. It, it continues to work, but at some point it's going to break. I mean, I covered Steve Young in San Francisco, and it broke. And Steve Young was as good a running back as any quarterback, and yet it broke where they said, okay, the concussions, we've got to get him to slide and get out of bounds. But right now everything's working well for the Ravens. You know, come back and visit me in November, December. Let's see where we're going. But right now he's right there with Josh Alves, no question. He is Clark Judge, Talk of Fame Network, SI.com. He's with us here on GCR. Um, Clark, who's the best? I mean, by default, the Dolphins are the team that's three and zero. So I guess we say they're the best team in the AFC. But like, for example, if you know, if you were forced, you gotta put five hundred dollars down on a team in the AFC to represent the in the Super Bowl. Who would it be at the moment? Buffalo. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 that that last week last week only sort of reinforced my feeling that they would do it. They, at one point, they played without eleven starters and key contributors. Eleven. Uh, their defense is decimated, yet they hung tough. They were there at the end, just ran out of gas. I mean, it was a, a day where I think there's 100 degrees, and I understand it's 100 degrees for both teams or 90 degrees, wherever it was. But they ran 90 plays, 90 plays. Miami had 39, <laughs> 90 plays to 39. Um, so, uh, you know, people would say, well, what about Josh Allen's last pass? You know, the underthrown guy was over. Yeah, I understand right. that. I mean, you have games like that. Patrick Mahomes lost last week. You have games like that. But to me, Buffalo is the, is the class of the, the conference. Now, they're dropping like flies there. I mean, it looked like Gettysburg after that uh, game last week. They've lost so many guys and serious injuries. So, again, you know, right now, if you ask me, yeah, I think it's Buffalo. Uh, they're, they're the team in a wide-open uh, AFC that, to me, is loaded. I, in the AFC, is loaded. It, it's Kansas City. It's Buffalo. Um, it, it's, it, it may be Baltimore. I mean, what about Cincinnati? I, I don't trust them with that offensive line, but right. what about them? Is Cleveland legit? I don't know. But the Chargers were a team I was, I was behind until last week when the whole thing collapsed. They, they've lost the left tackle. They've lost Bosa. Um, and they played Justin Herbert when, in a game that didn't make a difference. Why would you play him in that game? And then uh, he continues to be hurt. So I, I don't trust them. But to me, the AFC is loaded at the top with uh, Buffalo and Kansas City, the two teams you got to get through. Is Baltimore legit? Yeah, I think so. But I remember that Miami game. Is Miami legit? I, I don't know. I think, you know, they're 3-0. and But um, that comeback on Baltimore told me more about the Ravens, I think, than it did about 
Miami. So I kind of worry about that a little bit. And, and, um, and one of the reasons Lamar Jackson's, you know, doing all that he is because sometimes he's been forced to, because they've got to outscore the defense. I've never, I don't remember that in a long time with, with Baltimore. So um, I, I don't know who's there right behind those two front teams, but certainly um, Miami and, and the Ravens have to be considered. Is the Jaguars thing for real? Like, is that legitimate what we're watching there? <laughs> we're looking at three games. I, I don't know. I mean, they've outscored the last, two opponents by what 62 to 10 mm. that, that that's impressive what they did out in LA last weekend that was real impressive uh, they shut down Herbert but again I, I keep making excuses here but he's handicapped that team was handicapped you lose your starting left tackle listen I talked to Anthony Munoz last week and said Who, who's who's the best tackle you look at in this game today he goes Slater from the Chargers wow. well, they just lost him for the season wow um so um uh I, 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 yeah I, I I don't know I mean um right now I kind of look at the AFC as we're looking at three games and, and Jacksonville's on top of a very weak division, two and one. Uh, we need more of a uh, sample size in three games. But just keep in mind, this is the Jaguars that won a handful of games in two years and were awful last year. But Doug Peterson seems to have an impact on them now. Uh, the quarterback's playing far better. But again, we're, we're looking at three games and there are all the, always these rush to judgments and overreactions. I always tell people to settle down. And again, um, you know, I've been around a long time, as, as you know. And so I, I go to the first year I covered the 49ers. They were, uh, that was 1994. They were three and two after the first five games. And Steve Young had been benched in a 40 to eight loss hmm. to the Eagles. Hmm. I remember because I was new in that city. I said, hey, you know, cover the Chargers a long time. They lost every year. So let's be patient. Everyone else is drop, jumping off the ledge. My gosh, the sky is falling. So they're three and two. They didn't lose another game right. until the last game of the season when they just didn't play anyone. And then they won the Super Bowl. So it's it's really way too early to make judgments. But is Jacksonville better? Yeah, they're better. How much better? I I don't know. Well, I I, I need you to make judgments. You're Clark Judge. I read your judgments every <laughs> week, sir. I, I'm going to need that. And 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 I go to the same thing, Clark. With the the Eagles, were like I think we all looked at the roster coming into the year and we said they've they've got it. I mean, like that it's yeah. there. The yeah. roster is extraordinarily well constructed on both sides and they've looked great through three games but they you know they haven't really played anyone that we think is like we, we're not looking at them and saying my this is remarkable like for example the dolphins are beating what we think are good teams the eagles aren't doing that but they i guess they're just sort of um building off our predisposed beliefs about the roster they have put together and that's why we're in, inclined to buy into what it is that they're doing and maybe being a favorite in the nfc yeah, I, I think that's true, but I think there's another factor. Look at the division they play in. There are really nobody's in that division. I mean, can they can they beat the, the Cowboys? I think they can. I mean, Dallas has got a raft of issues, um, some of which you saw last night, but not a lot. The Giants, can they beat them? Yeah, Washington, sure. Um, they just did. Um, but when you look at a team like Jacksonville, we know what their history is, and that, that division is, is historically uh, Tennessee's or Indianapolis's. Are, are they going to come around? I don't know. I, I kind of looked at Indianapolis first couple of games and said, God almighty, I, right. this is awful. Right. Matt, Ryan, Matt Ryan's going to, um, but all of a sudden then they beat Kansas city, Tennessee had a pulse last week. Um, they've got some issues as well, but um, in, in terms of, you know, like Miami in the, in the East, you look at the AFC East, they got Buffalo there. That's a huge hurdle. New England's there. I don't think New England's going to be a hurdle anymore. I mean, it hasn't been the past two years. And Mac Jones is going to be out for a significant period of time. I think they're really going to descend. And then you've got the Jets. But you look at Baltimore in that division, um, to me, anyone but probably Pittsburgh can win it. But 
what do we know about Mike Tomlin? Never has a losing season. So that's always a coin flip. And are we going to write off the, the Bengals yet? Nah, I don't know. Not, not yet, but it certainly doesn't look good for Joe Burrow on that offensive line. But the reason we like Philadelphia is, A, like you said, that roster is loaded on both sides. And, and B, because they're three and zero. But the quarterback play is so vastly improved this year. He's come a long way. He's, mm. he's not Lamar Jackson, not close. But, right. but Jalen Hurts is beginning to play very well, not making bad decisions, not committing costly mistakes. And, and that offense is rolling. Oh, I mean, there's no doubt. And they just, they, they look, they've got it. It's just, you know, as you point out, it's three games. It's three games. Let's settle down a little bit. Um, and then, you know, the other question being, what is it uh, ultimately when you get the, on to the end of the season? Um, Clark, is there anybody else that early on has significantly jumped off the page to you as being a a real story for either positive or negative reasons so far? Um, yeah, I guess it's Cleveland. Um, I, I thought they were going to be horrid. or I, Not horrid. I didn't think they'd be that competitive with Jacoby Brissett. And, and yet they are. And, and they should be three and zero. I mean, is that possible? Right. Um, and, 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 you know, they get Deshaun Watson back and don't, don't get me started on that. I mean, I, I've got very strong opinions on that, yeah, but as um, do I. so they get, get him back, you know, this season, but, um, but right now they're playing pretty well. I mean, I look at Cleveland, I thought, well, I've, I've flushed them immediately. Forget it. They're, they're not doing anything. They're all sorts of distractions. Deshaun Watson being numero uno and rightly so. Um, but, so you're going to win with Jacoby said he's going to take the top. No, it's not going to happen. And, and yet right now they're playing really well. Um, um, so I, I'd say that that team has my attention. And um, in the NFC, um, you know, I, I, I guess it's, it's probably Philadelphia only because I wanted to see it not on paper. I wanted to see it on the field. And, and now that I have, I look at them and go, okay, they kind of are what we thought they were. Um, I'm curious about the Rams. I don't think that's the best team in the West. I think San Francisco is. And I don't, I don't care what happened last weekend. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo simply just wins games. <laughs> what happened last weekend, you had a quarterback who was playing who hadn't taken a snap in preseason or in training camp. They kept him away from the team in training camp because they thought they were going to deal him or he was going to be released. Didn't happen. Didn't happen for the right reasons. Now he's a starter again, so he's got to catch up a lot. That team defensively is good. They're aggressive. They're physical. That's going to be a really good team. So um, I, I watch San Francisco very carefully. To me, I, I don't look at the uh, Seattle, Arizona. I don't care about those two. I want to see what the Rams do, too, but I think San Francisco is a team to be in that division. Uh, Clark, not really all that much that's significant. I know you guys are going to be moving towards um, you know, a Hall of Fame vote in January. Not so much that's significant locally. I'm guessing the fact that Neither Anquan Bolden or Steve Smith got through, and given the number of wide receivers that you guys still have ahead, there's no reason to think those guys are going to inch any closer this year. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, Andre Johnson was in his first year last year. He got to the final 10. Um, and yet there's a, there is a log jam right now because we've got three out there. And, um, and Torrey Holt, Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, you figure is one of them going in. Um, I don't know that. Because I can't say, honestly, when I looked at any of those three, that say Hall of Fame receiver. And yet, when you get in that room, you hear the argument, you can go in that direction. Um, Wayne and Holt stood still last year. Andre Johnson passed them by. So uh, they didn't make the cut from 15 to 10. He did in his first year. So you would surmise that he might be on the short list this mm -hmm. year. But we've got Revis. We've got Joe Thomas coming up, right, Freeney. 
Um, so there are going to be five, probably five new faces in that room this year. First-year guys, Thomas and Revis, obviously, two of them. Well, would another receiver be one of them? Could be. I mean, it really could be. I, I wouldn't rule out their chances. I think they're probably diminished because of the three in front of them, but I wouldn't rule it out. And they will be in that room at some point. I just sure. don't know if it's early enough to satisfy Ravens. Yeah, that's that's the gut. That's everything you just said is about the gut that I had. Like it's it's not it's not a no. It's just a right now. Probably the math doesn't necessarily work uh, for them to be up for it. Uh, yeah, and, and you know the thing is, people get really bent out of shape about these first ballot Hall of Famers and second ballot Hall of Famers, and I. They've got 20 years there before they go into the senior category. But someone, smart man, reminded me years ago, what do they call the last guy who graduated in his medical school class? A doctor, yeah. They call, yeah, I call him yeah, doctor, yeah, you know, and right. that's right. And then so, so it makes any difference. If you go in your 20th year, Sam Mills is in this year. He made it his last year of eligibility, last year. He made it. He's a Hall of Famer. Right. Okay, whether it's 20th year or first year. So at some point, those guys will uh, be in the room. He is Clark Judge. Clark, what can I plug for you, sir? Um, right now you could just follow me at Twitter at Clark judge TOF. Um, we are overhauling that site in a, in a sense to I be mean, one of our, my partners, three of us, Rick Oz and Ron Borges. And I, one of them had, um, a health issue and a pretty serious health issue within his family that caused him to step aside. And we said, we can't do it anymore. So, um, I'm taking on a, another partner and we're rebooting that maybe this week. Um, and maybe next week, but, but soon, but you can, you can plug my, uh, I test for two podcast, which is uh, I test for com, which I do with Ira Kaufman, who's a Hall of Fame yep. voter. And actually, that's where we talked to Anthony Munoz last week. So uh, please do if you would. Uh, happy to do that as always. Clark Judge, it's great to chat with you, my friend. Let's do it again soon. Thank you, sir. Look forward to it. Take care. Clark Judge joining us here on GCR. Appreciate that as always. Today's show is also brought to you by the all new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Right now, you can get $100 off your reservation of a new Ginsu Kamado grill by using the code tailgate when you go to ginsugrills.com. The all-new Ginsu Kamado grill is the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all kinds of food. And, of course, if you are headed to the game on Sunday, stop by the Mother's Tailgate, which is happening at Hammerjack's, just sort of a co-op deal that they do. And you can see the press box, Ginsu Grill's tent, see the Ginsu Grill in action. Enjoy some delicious samples. There will be giveaways. I believe we're giving away um, before the end of October a Ginsu Kamado Grill with $500 in grilling meats. And you can register to win that incredible prize by stopping by the tailgate on Sunday. If... You're looking for tailgate plans before the game. I do hear there might be a little weather in the forecast on Sunday, something that we're going to need to think about as we start looking ahead to that. We'll need to monitor that. Uh, but if you're looking for plans uh, before the game, starting at 9 a.m., you can be at Hammerjacks for that mother's tailgate. Uh, free to get in, but you can also get the all-inclusive option, 49 bucks with premium brand open bar and great food. Get hammerjacks.com to get those tickets. A um, couple of thoughts quickly. Uh, Chris Canty is going to join us here in a few minutes. One, um, uh, Clark brought up the Browns. Obviously, you know the Mike, the Miles Garrett thing. You know, terrifying when you see the pictures. You're like, holy crap! The idea that he was able to, to get, you know, come away from that with not even a broken bone is miraculous. The car apparently flipped a few times. Um, look, I have. I am extraordinarily down on the Browns franchise. And we always were because, you know, they're the Browns. And, you know, 
We don't want him to be good on top of that. And then you add in this abominable decision that they made with Deshaun Watson. Like, you add all of that in, and it becomes... Like, we we used to just laugh at the Browns. Now there's a genuine sort of dislike and distaste when you talk about the Browns. But you have to be capable of separating all of that when it comes to Miles Garrett. Um, it remains to be seen exactly what the story is. Like, that's the part of this. Like, all we know right now is no broken bones. He was able to be discharged from the hospital last night. We don't know if there are other you know, injuries that could have occurred, like if he pinched a nerve or something like that, that's going to be really significant. Um, so that needs to to be, you know, we need to get a little bit more information about that in the coming days. Because as written, it would make you think, well, he's just fine. Which seems impossible, but, you know, that's amazing if that's the case. Um, that'll be a, a, clearly a huge story this week out of Cleveland is exactly where is miles garrett after a scary car accident yesterday um the ravens did make it official with jason pierre paul yesterday because we knew that was coming um we will see can he be on the field this week i mean it, it's interesting to point out right that he didn't have a preseason or anything like that well neither did um our buddy brandon copeland who joined us on the show yesterday like he wasn't in training camp and yet he was able to get on the field pretty quickly after he signed with the Ravens. So it wouldn't stun me if Jason Pierre-Paul is out on the field this week. It would only stun me if he's ready to be impactful as soon as this week. I just cannot expect that in any way. Um, and, and, and impactful, like could he make a play or two? Maybe. I, I think it's unlikely that he's going to be very impactful at all this season. But... I think it's extraordinarily a reach to think that Jason Pierre-Paul is walking in and making a massive difference. He can at least give Houston and Owe a couple snaps off. Maybe. Uh, and I mean, the, the bigger story is being one, you know, like, d- does his presence alleviate the pressure that, that Adafi Owe is facing right. as he's facing a lot of double teams right now? Um does his presence, you know, and also we got to know where Justin Houston is. Like, is Justin Houston definitely ready to play this Sunday, which is a question I don't know the answer to. Um, didn't get any update from John Harbaugh about Michael Pierce yesterday either. He said they didn't have the results back from the MRI. Um, so that is another thing that kind of lingers in the air. Did not seem positive after the game on Sunday. Seemed like it was not a great situation, and I, I don't know what else there is to say about that. Got Travis Jones on the field, so hopefully he's ready to progress and help out. There's some rumblings. Maybe the Ravens call Brandon Williams back, who's still sitting on the beach. I, it's it's kind of weird to me that Brandon Williams wouldn't have gotten other phone calls. Like You can be disappointed in... And think that Brandon Williams was, like a lot of Ravens fans think that Brandon Williams didn't live up to the money he was paid because he never became Aaron Donald. And I get it. Aaron Donald went over 100 career sacks. It's so nuts, right? He went over 100 career sacks this weekend. Although, as I said in power rankings, it's equally nuts that he went over 100 career sacks. And that if you if you had asked me, I probably would have bet it was more like 500. You know what I mean? Like, it's both things are equally nuts. Um I, I don't really – Brandon Williams – I've said a million times. The frustrating part about talking about Brandon Williams with the Ravens fans is Brandon Williams 
made the Ravens drastically better whenever he was on the field. And you knew that because every time he was off the field, they would get gashed by some nondescript running back. Or Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's not a nondescript running back. Um, Every time he was off the field, the Ravens would get murdered on the ground. Every time he played, they were much better against the run. And in the 3-4 defense that the Ravens operated, while Brandon Williams was here, his job was to take on double teams. He was not tasked with being the guy that was supposed to be impactful in the backfield. Although, you know, it's not like he never made a play there either. Um, so I'm a bit surprised that Brandon Williams is still sitting on the beach. Like, I'm a bit surprised that like there weren't calls. It makes me wonder if maybe there were calls and... He just kind of was at a place in his career where he was like, yeah, I don't know, man. I might, I just might be good. Um, I don't know what to make of that. Obviously, we got to get more of an answer on Michael Pierce first, and then the Ravens can figure out what they do from there and if Brandon Williams could factor into it in some capacity. All right, when we come back in, speaking of uh, former Ravens defensive linemen, we got one of those who's going to join us, Chris Canty, a former Baltimore Raven, now, of course, with ESPN and ESPN Radio, and he actually was on the call for uh, Ravens Patriots on Sunday on ESPN Radio. So we will chat with him about what it is that he saw from the Ravens when we come back in. This is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5544. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Glory Days Grill's Oktoberfest menu is now running. It's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year. It features the chicken schnitzel, the Oktoberfest brewer's platter, the brewer's sausage sandwich, the Bavarian burger with a pretzel bun, the cheddar ale soup, the slam dunk pretzels, and the apple cobbler. All of these meals pair well with Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on draft. Dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. The Maryland Lottery presents Raven's Greatest Plays. It was called the Mile High Miracle. 
A 70-yard touchdown pass against Denver with 30 seconds left to send the game into overtime. The Ravens eventually won, propelling them to the championship. Another great Ravens play belongs to Diane from Annapolis. Diane played Raven scratch-offs and won season tickets for 20 years. You could be next. Play Raven scratch-offs with instant prices up to $100,000. And please play responsibly. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Still to come this morning, we are going to preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. I am in one of my leagues currently 0-3. And, I, Griffin, I swear to God, this might be the single worst week of fantasy football I've ever had in my entire life. It was definitely like a down week. Y- yeah, like well, across, I, mean, I, I won in, in other leagues. Well, just like, it, like low scoring this, points. This is my team. I, I, I need you to know this is my team in this league. And this is how they performed. By far and away, my top performer of the week, Austin Eckler, with 13.3 points. And I mean by far and away, my top performer in a week where my team scored 57.46 points. Russell Wilson, 9.06. DeAndre Swift, before he got hurt, 7.6. Gabriel Davis, 6.7. Allen Robinson, 4.3. Dawson Knox, 6.5. J.K. Dobbins, 6. DeAndre Hopkins, or not DeAndre Hopkins, Dustin Hopkins, 4. The Giants defense, 0. Wow. I uh, I, uh my, I had uh, I, I left Khalil, Russell Gage on my bench that that would have gotten me. I had Khalil percent. Herbert on my bench. Ah, that'll hurt. That'll as sting. well as uh, Chase sting. Edmonds, who decided to score two touchdowns yes, for he some did. reason. He did decide to score two. Adam touchdowns. Thielen had a good week. I could use my, some. I could use yeah. some help. I could use some help. This might be an aggressive week for me. This is where we have a hundred dollars worth of fab to spend all year long. I might spend all of it <laughs> this week. Because I spent like seventy five at least. I'm I'm in trouble. I'm zero and three. Go get Greg I gotta, Bush. Go get Greg I got to swing for the fences. I'm trying to figure out a way. Uh, uh, this is our the media league that we do. My buddy Cordell Woodland's trying to get me to trade him uh, DeAndre Hopkins because I do have him sitting on my bench. Um, and I need. I'm like I need a quarterback. I can't. I cannot play Russell Wilson again. Like I just can't do that. I cannot play Russell Wilson ever again in fantasy football. I've, ha- I've been very lucky with my schedule in my one league I'm where I've been starting Marcus Mariota. So I'm 2-1. Oh and one. Oh I'm 2-1, and one, but wow. I am in bad because my running backs are Najee Harris and Alvin Kamara, who have both yeah. bad weeks. Yeah. Mike Williams is my wide receiver Ruff. one. I do have Christian Kirk, Ruff. who's been good. but Yeah, he has been. He's been very good, yes. in fact. We made fun of them for how much money they yeah. gave him, and he has been outstanding. 
All right, we had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his very busy schedule with all of his many, many jobs with the ESPN Corporation. But uh, after he was on the call on Sunday, an opportunity for us to catch up with former Raven Chris Canty right here on GCR. Well, it has been way too long since we have caught up with our next guest. He was on the call Sunday for ESPN Radio as the uh, Ravens took down the Patriots. You, of course, see him on ESPN and hear him on ESPN Radio. He's former Raven Chris Canty, and he's back with us now on GCR. Chris, it's Glenn. Been too long, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Man, Glenn, thanks for having me on. And I got to say this about our guy, Lamar Jackson. I knew he was one of the most entertaining athletes on the planet, but it's different when you get to see him up close and personal on a five-touchdown day. It was amazing to watch him do his thing yesterday in Foxborough. Chris, I'm so glad that you bring this up, man, because it's hard to define for me. Like, we've known how good Lamar Jackson has been for some time, and despite all of the idiocy that exists about him within the you know the outside world, people who still question him as a passer, things like that, we've known here for a long time, but yet it somehow seems like he has still risen his game to even another level from, you know, what was already unanimous MVP level before. No doubt about it. And the thing that I like about what I'm seeing from Lamar now is just his evolution of as a quarterback being able to win from the pocket. Yesterday, he was dominant against the New England Patriots against the Blitz. He was 9-10 for 107 yards and four touchdowns. And in the red area... He was just as deadly. You're talking about him being seven to eight. So I just think that when you start talking about the understanding of the game and being able to grow your football acumen, you clearly see that in Lamar Jackson. And here's the other part, the nuance of the game. The touch throw that he had to Mark Andrews up the scene for a touchdown when there was a mismatch against the safety or the touch pass to Devin DuVernay in the corner of the end zone back pylon. Those are tremendous throws. We all know Lamar has a cannon. But being able to layer throws and being able to put that touch on throws and give your receiver a chance to make a play on the football, I think that just shows how much he's evolved at the position. And so when we start having the conversations about the best quarterbacks in the game, Glenn, I don't know that you can make a strong argument against Lamar Jackson being the wow. best quarterback right now in the NFL. Wow, that is a strong statement, dude. I mean, obviously Josh Allen's, you know, despite them losing, he's still quite good. But, bro, the way he's playing, I, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, he is – it's it's like I, – I described it yesterday as it's like watching an orchestra conductor right now. Like, he just has utter and complete command of everything that's in front of him. And what makes him even more difficult to defend, even more so than a guy like Josh Allen, is his suddenness, mm. the explosion in his game. I mean, Lamar Jackson on those zone reads, I mean, he'll, he'll put the ball in the belly of one of the running backs. He'll pull it and crease the defense right down the middle. It's just something that we haven't seen at the quarterback position in the National Football League. We just haven't. And so when we start talking about the quarterbacks that are toughest to defend, I mean, Lamar Jackson, we all knew that he was one of the most dynamic runners in all of football, but now I think he's one of the most dynamic passers as well. Yeah. And people question whether he could throw the ball down the field outside of the numbers in the well. And he's doing that. that like, overwhelmingly, that's where he's winning in the passing game, from the pocket. So, so, so it's about time that people turn on the tape and give this guy his due because he deserves it. It's amazing. You're talking about him being the – you're talking about him being the best quarterback on the field in every single game he's played this season so far. 
Boy, we are uh, we are enjoying the hell out of it, man. As you can imagine, you you know how this market is. You know how this city and these fans are. This is it is incredible. Chris Canty is with us here on GCR. Um, Chris, the thing that jumped out at me a little bit on Sunday as we try to project moving forward, I, I think we still know that an offense needs some balance, and that was a big thing that was missing in the debacle against the Dolphins was they had a 21-point lead, and yet they got out time of possession by 10 minutes because they couldn't run the ball with their running backs. We saw J.K. Dobbins get back out on the field. I, I think we really liked what we saw from Justice Hill in the second half. Did you see enough in the run game against the Patriots to make you say the Ravens can get that back to where it can be the right complement to have that perfect blend of balance that an offense needs to win a Super Bowl? No, I still didn't see enough. Okay. I still didn't see enough. And going into yesterday's game, you got to remember, on 31 rushing attempts, Baltimore Ravens running backs had no broken tackles. Yeah. I think yesterday, J.K. Dobbins had a broken tackle. It was a nice spin move that he put on one of the outside linebackers for the Patriots, but Outside of that, you're not seeing a lot of broken tackles from the running backs for the Baltimore Ravens. And you're going to have to have some of those make-or-miss moments in order to get more mileage out of the run game. I mean, the offensive line is blocking it up for the Baltimore Ravens. Going into yesterday's game, they were seventh in the National Football League in run-block win rate. So it's not like they're, they're not getting movement at the point of attack. It's just that the running backs haven't been able to take full advantage of the holes that the offensive line is opening up. And so I think that's the next step for this Ravens offense. But also I will say this, I have full confidence that they have the guys in the room that can get it done. J.K. Dobbins, that was his first action yep. over a year. Like, just give him some time to settle in. I think he's going to be huge. Him getting seven, t- seven carries in the run game, Justice Hill being the, the change of pace guy, I, I think they'll be fine. Um, you're just hoping that it comes around sooner rather than later just to take some more pressure off of Lamar. What did you see from Daniel Falele, Chris? Because we're hoping that Ronnie Stanley will get back at some point, but I think it's a question where we start to have to use the word if. We are nervous about what's going on there. Uh, Maybe Patrick McCarry returns next week, and he struggled to start the game, but boy, it looked like he really found his footing quickly and that he can play at this level. Well, I'll tell you what. Falele struggled when he was going up against Dietrich Wise, as soon as he was thrust in the action in the second quarter, right? Dietrich Wise had a couple of back-to-back sacks. So it was a situation where you you felt like he was overmatched. But the thing that I liked about what I saw about him in the second half was him, his ability to be able to generate movement at the point of attack in the run game. Mm-hmm. If you remember the last O play where Lamar Jackson was able to get into the end zone, that was Lele as the lead blocker pulling around into that hole and clearing it out from the marge. So if he can do those types of things, I think the Ravens can scheme around whatever help he would need in pass protection. So overall, I thought it was, it was a place to start. Um, there are some things that concern you, but there were also some positives in there. But we know that as young players get more reps, they get more confidence. Confidence comes from demonstrated performance. So – you know, I, I, I'm encouraged overall by what I saw from the Ravens. And I think offensive line is one of those things we have to watch in the home with the run game. But uh, they'll, they'll be okay as long as number eight is under center. He is former Raven Chris Canty, who was on the call for the Ravens' win over the Patriots for ESPN Radio. He's with us here on GCR. Um, Chris, you know, the concerning side of the ball would, would be the defense, obviously. And they did what they needed to do. And I, in a weird way, man, I, I don't know. It's so hard to be a good defense in the NFL given the way the rules are written to benefit offense at this point. And I know it's only one game worth of evidence, but they made the plays that they needed to make in the second half. 
is there a chance that this Ravens defense could be a playmaking defense instead of being you know a statistically dominant defense that what their strength could be is a team that makes big plays and gets the ball out when they need to well I think they've shown yesterday they can be opportunistic being able to generate five turnovers when you include the turnover on downs that that's that's huge in terms of being able to get your offense extra possession field position and even if they have to be a bend but don't break outfit and an outfit that's uh you know, thrives off the of takeaways, that's still a formula for success in terms of being able to win championships. And when I won a Super Bowl with the New York Giants in 2011, that was one of our, our big things. We were, were a defense that, you know, you know, gave away a lot of yards, but we did create a lot of turnovers. We got a lot of sacks, and we were good situational football third down and red zone. So I think it's a formula that can have success. And I think that's what Mike McDonald is going to have to preach to his guys. You know, and you saw that with the young guy Kyle Hamilton coming up with that yep. fifth on Nelson Aguilar late in that game. Like that was a huge play that really thwarted any type of comeback attempt from the New England Patriots. He he had been off to a bit of a struggle in the first couple of games. And and look, I get it. He's a rookie. That's the way this works, right? But what can something like that do for a player to have a moment like that? and for their confidence. I, I, I feel like around town we're hoping that could be a turning point for Kyle Hamilton. Well, again, just like I said, confidence comes from demonstrated performance and stepping up and being able to make a play in a key situation like that. I mean, that does wonders for a young guy in terms of being able to build him up and help him to feel like he belongs and that he can contribute to this team even as a rookie. So um, those are the things that we're looking for from Kyle Hamilton. I mean, the guy was – you know, top half of the first-round pick. So he's going to have to be a playmaker for this Ravens defense. And quite frankly, based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks, they're going to need that in the passing game. Um, Yesterday, they gave up a lot of yards. I mean, Devontae Parker had a day. Coming into yesterday's game, Devontae Parker only had one catch for nine yards. And he feasted on the Ravens secondary. But you saw in the second half they were able to make some adjustments. And the two – two early interceptions that Matt Jones threw in the second half, those were targeting Devontae Parker, and you saw the Ravens were able to create those takeaways. So, um, in, you know, it's just one of those things that this secondary feels like it's going to be a work in progress all season. Um, and so we just kind of have to you know, be patient with them, but I do think they do have the guys with the ball skills that can generate a lot of takeaways. The other concern that I have on that defense though, rush, right? is being able to generate generate pressure up front. And yep. Justin Houston going out yesterday worried me. You saw him go out in that first half, and he didn't return. And that that's one of those things that we've got to watch. Now they closed out they closed out the game with the pass rush. Matabuke and, and Big Baby Williams and Calais Campbell in particular, um, those guys did a great job in terms of being able to generate that interior pressure um, and get after the quarterback. And then we know what Odafe Owe can do. So. Um, you know, it's just, again, it's not the Ravens defense that we're accustomed to seeing in terms of being lights out, locked down, shut down, three and outs all over the place, but it still can be a disruptive defense and an opportunistic defense. And I think that complements very well the strength and the identity of this team, which is on the offensive side of the ball. They're bringing in a former teammate of yours, Jason Pierre-Paul, which I, I don't, I don't know what to make. What, what could we possibly expect from Jason Pierre-Paul at this point in his career? Well, I had an opportunity to talk to um, a couple of the, the, the people on the Ravens staff yesterday before the game, and they're excited about what JPP can do. And one of the things that I mentioned to them 
was his ability to be able to rush from all over the line of scrimmage. I mean, you can have him out on the edge. He was an outside linebacker down in Tampa. You can put his hand in the dirt at defensive end. That's what he did with the New York Giants. But one of the other things he did when I played with him at the Giants was be able to kick down inside over guards and centers. And that's where you're going to find tremendous mismatches because that guy putting guards in space, I mean, it's, 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 it's a tough, tough matchup for offensive linemen because of his athleticism and his explosiveness. And the thing that I like about a guy like JPP is that he's strong when it comes to run game at the point of attack. So even if you're talking about sub-package runs, he's going to be able to hold up against those guards and centers in there. Uh, and, and so you're not really losing much or you're not giving away much when it comes to kicking them down inside if you want to take advantage of certain matchups. So um, I just think he brings a lot of versatility. There's still plenty of gas left in the tank. Um, so I'm excited to see what, what could end up happening and how he can contribute to this Baltimore Ravens pass rush. Chris, last one for you. Obviously, by default, the Dolphins are the best team in the AFC right now, but you had to go, <laughs> you have to go bet $1,000 today on who's going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. You have to do it. You don't have a choice. Who would it be? Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah, um, yeah. That's a tough one. I mean, listen, I, I, I think the Ravens are on a short list of teams that have the potential to do it. I'm concerned about the Buffalo Bills' ability to win close games. It's, it's um, insane. So that is, put, that's one I, of the great if, anomalies in all of sports, right? Like, how is it possible they haven't won a one-score game in two years? Yeah, I, I, I don't know how that's even possible, but that's, that's the reality of it. And, unfortunately, you are what you are in this league. Yeah. And, that's, and that's, that's what it is. And so – I would probably still put my money on the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. Although it looked ugly in Indianapolis yesterday, I think Harrison Bucker being there changes the outcome of that game. Maybe they don't go for the fake field goal with Matt Amendola early in the fourth quarter. Sky Moore muffing a punt and creating a point-blank range scoring opportunity for that Colts offense to get them going didn't help the matter. Travis Kelsey dropping a touchdown pass didn't help, and certainly Chris Jones getting that personal foul at the right. end of that game didn't help. I can come up with a myriad of different reasons as why the Chiefs ended up losing that game. That game was more about the Chiefs giving it away than it was about the Colts winning it. And so I would still probably lean toward the Kansas City Chiefs, um, but I will say this, our Baltimore Ravens are right there. I like that. I liked your emotions. I just saw the video you posted or that, that ESPN Radio shared of you guys reacting <laughs> to Lamar's touchdown run. That is pretty good. I'm supposed to be objective, Glenn. I get I'm it, not bro. I'm supposed to be partial, but it's hard to do that. I know you had a good. What they did yesterday, dude. I know you enjoyed your time in Baltimore because when you were here, you were willing to come on like literally every week. <laughs> like you were, dude. Yeah. Dude, you can call me at any time. I, you definitely. I know you enjoyed your time here. Um, at Chris Canty 99 of course, on Twitter is how you follow him. Obviously, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Chris, is there anything else I can plug for you, man? No, man, I appreciate everything you're plugging for me and appreciate the opportunity to jump on with you to talk about our Ravens, man. This is going to be a fun team to watch all season long. I mean, we can't wait. Hopefully we'll get to do it again at some point during the season. Chris, know you're busy. Truly and appreciate it. And hopefully you. we'll be talking about Lamar with another MVP. Let's uh, and, go. And, and about a billion dollars in guaranteed money at the time. <laughs> hey, man. There you go. There you go. Thank you, Chris. You all right, later on. Chris Canty, former Baltimore Raven, now with ESPN, and uh, he was in Foxborough on Sunday to call uh, Ravens Patriots, and obviously some strong words in there, right? Says Lamar Jackson, currently the best quarterback in the NFL.
Clark Judge doesn't agree. He says it's still Josh Allen. I, you know, I get it. It's it's a tough thing, right? Where if you said right now, three games in, who's the best quarterback in the NFL this season? I, I would say it's either Lamar Jackson or Tua Tungavailoa, right? <laughs> like those would be the nominees at this point. With Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts looks good yeah. in that conversation. Um, but combining everything we know, like if we weigh. What we've seen most recently with what we've known about those players in more recent years, obviously Lamar sticks his neck ahead of of Tua and Jalen Hurts, and then it's really a conversation about Lamar, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. And there's a there's a legitimate argument to be made. Now, again, it's three games. It's three games. We've got to keep it in our pants. And this is a big measuring stick game coming up this Sunday. I was trying to look up because I did. I saw one of the... I don't think it was Bob Turk who's retiring, which is crazy. I love Bob Turk. Um, despite the fact that Bob Turk never, has, never ever has been on any of my shows. Bob Turk, I think a lot of people know, uh, partially deaf, um, has a cochlear implant. So he just didn't like doing radio interviews over the years. And we just never really established, like, like I would see him places and he would be, like, aware of me. Like, Marty, of course, has come on the show a billion times over the years. Marty is a, one of our, our best friends. Love me some Marty Bass. Um, but I've never had Bob Turk on any show that I've ever done. And I, I would, I would like to, as he's retiring, um, I might need somebody to help me kind of grease the skids with getting Bob Turk on the show because I, we just, we're not, it's not somebody that I'm close with. So if you're willing to help me out on that, I'd love to do it. I just also don't know. Like, I remember having a conversation with him about that in 2006 where he just said, I don't do radio. I don't do. And I, I would say, I think I remember saying like, I think I've heard you do radio on you know, WPOC or something. He was like, no, I pre-record those. I don't, I'm not doing an interview. I don't do interviews because of his hearing. Um, he's got a cochlear implant. He's, he's fine. He can hear. It's just, you know, I guess in doing radio interviews was a problem. Um, but I saw one of the weather folks in town go ahead and get a warning out like, Hey, I'm looking at Sunday and there is rain in the forecast. And I was like, that sucks. I don't want to hear that, man. And so I said, I'd better get an answer on it. And um, as it turns out, right now, according to weather.com, 75% chance of rain on Sunday in Baltimore. Um, winds 10 to 20 miles an hour. Chance of rain, actually 80% now. Rainfall around a half an inch and kind of shows rain throughout the day. Now, we are still five days away, so a lot can change between now and then. But that is a factor as we start looking ahead to Ravens Bills and when we have conversations about the matchup we need to file away how that might be impacted by rain on Sunday as that is in the forecast obviously there's bigger weather issues that the NFL of course is dealing with this week the Buccaneers have packed up and left town they're going to practice at the Dolphins facility which I was trying to figure out how that math worked right because the Dolphins are not off this week they just play on Thursday night and I get that typically when a team plays on Thursday night, they don't do like full-on practices during the course of the week. Like they basically just kind of do walkthroughs during the three days leading up. So I guess the Buccaneers, I'm assuming the way the math works is that the Dolphins will do a walk. Are the Dolphins at home on Thursday night or is the game in Cincinnati? It's yeah, in, it Cincinnati. in Cincinnati. Yeah. So maybe the Dolphins are doing an earlier walkthrough on Wednesday and then leaving, departing to fly to Cincinnati earlier in the day. And that means the Buccaneers do like their Wednesday practice late and then they have reg- then they have carte blanche at the facility on Thursday and Friday because the Dolphins won't be using it. It's 
It was interesting to me, um, but I'm sure they got all that figured out. The bigger question is, will the Buccaneers be able to host the Chiefs on Sunday night, or will that game have to be moved? There's some talk that they could move it to Miami, um, move the game to Miami, or maybe move it to one of the places, uh, because Minnesota and New Orleans are playing in London this week, that perhaps the game could be moved to one of those two locations. I would imagine maybe... Like if you've got a hurricane coming in, you probably want to get them away. So I would I would think that New Orleans, it's not. I don't think the path of the hurricane would take it towards New Orleans, but I still would think they might just want to say, hey, let's go somewhere far, far away, um, and that would make Minnesota more appealing of those options. But um, certainly something that the NFL will monitor this week, and maybe you monitor in your betting choices if you think it's a factor that the Buccaneers are going to be at home on Sunday. As of right now, not a guarantee that they will actually be at home on Sunday with a crowd behind them versus perhaps being at a neutral location somewhere. Um, remains to be seen how that plays out. I, I, I hate saying this because we're not in the path of the storm. I just don't pay the day-to-day attention to where the storm is going. Clearly, our buddy Jeremy Conn is paying quite a bit of attention to it. Because he's got a layover on his flight to Florida, and or is on his way to the Bahamas, or is that where he said he's going to the Bahamas or Bermuda? Jamaica, Jamaica, Jamaica. Jamaica. God, I got. I'm a Thanks. terrible friend. What a bad friend <laughs> I am. You mean you're in the right uh, vicinity? Like, I guess. Um, so if he's paying attention to it. I'm not paying quite as much attention to it. But from a betting standpoint, and we'll talk about betting obviously on simply the bets today. Perhaps relevant. Um, the other news related to Sunday's game that's a bummer for a local kid, Christian Benford, who, you know, was forced into playing significantly for the Bills, um, dealing with a lot of injuries. And I know Clark Judge talked about that. Their secondary is depleted ain't even the word. I mean, they were going with all rookies in the secondary. And Christian Benford, Randallstown native, was one of them. Unfortunately, Christian Benford now adds his name to the list of injured uh, Bills defenders, and he will not be able to make that what I'm sure was a particularly special um, homecoming that he was looking forward to, but he broke his hand in the game against the Dolphins, and so um, he will not be returning. I mean, maybe he'll be at the game. I don't know, but he will not be playing for the Bills back home in Baltimore on Sunday, Randallstown native. And Randallstown alum, and that's one of the things that I, – I, who did I – I think I saw Nick Mosby recently, and we were talking about how few public school kids um, – and I get Randallstown is the, the county, not the city, but, like, how few public school kids have really been able to make, like, a breakthrough. Obviously, Justin Lewis was poly, um, and, and I think he got hurt, too, as he was trying to get ready for his rookie season with the Bulls, but – um, it's always kind of neat when you hear a story about a public school kid getting an opportunity and Christian Benford like stood out like, wow, this is a great story. And so it's a real bummer for, for him and maybe for us. I don't know if we were going to have him on this week or not. I was hoping that we were going to have him on this week, but not going to happen now for sure. Definitely not going to be the case. All right, uh, today's show is also brought to you by, ooh, this one's brought to you by the print issue of PressBox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. You can always read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. This one has Mark Andrews on the cover. You might have heard of him. He had two touchdowns on Sunday. 
he is one of the true stars of the NFL, and his path to stardom was not particularly likely. And Bo Smolka wrote an excellent cover story about his unlikely path to NFL stardom. It's not just diabetes. By the way, if you haven't seen the video of Mark Andrews, there was a, pa- a kid who was a Patriots fan. Like, I had a Patriots hat on, but was wearing a Mark Andrews jer- jersey and held up a sign that said T1D for type 1 diabetes before the game on Sunday. And Mark Andrews came over and, and met him and his father and spent some time chatting with them and trying to encourage him. And it was a really neat moment. Like, if you have not seen that video, the Ravens shared it out uh, in the last couple of days. If you go to their Twitter page, I'm sure you'll find it. A uh, really special video, but a great story from Bo Smolka about not just that, but other reasons why Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom was so unlikely. Great story. Read more about it in the print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now. We are going to get uh, you a preview of Waiver Wire Wednesday. Who should you be targeting? Let's talk about Romeo Dobbs. That's the one guy. By the way, I'm pretty sure I dropped him in the league where I scored Ooh. 59 points, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to have to use Fob now in order to get him back. So Awesome. Awesome. But I've got him in another league. I did hold on to him there. We're going to talk about Romeo Dobbs. We're going to talk about uh, what to do in Detroit, uh, the running back position, all those things. Joe Serpico, Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst, joins us next. This is Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with Season 2 of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And, of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 105.7 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, October 4th at 7 p.m. at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The 20- 
2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressbox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at pressbox sports glory days grills oktoberfest menu is now running it's one of their most popular seasonal menus all year it features the chicken schnitzel the oktoberfest brewer's platter the brewer's sausage sandwich the bavarian burger with a pretzel bun the cheddar ale soup the slam dunk pretzels and the apple cobbler all of these meals pair well with oktoberfest beers and angry orchard on draft dine in or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home glory days grill great food good sports check out jeremy khan's daily picks at pressboxonline.com as he tries to find you daily winners and speaking of winners here's a man who once won a media curling contest and i don't think anything else He's Glenn Clark. I've always found that to be a bit disrespectful. I'm just, I just feel like that is way over the top. Hey, uh, today's show is also brought to you by the Maryland Five Star. Come see Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fairhill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. On Tuesdays, we uh, take a look at what's ahead in the world of fantasy football, preview what you should be doing on a Waiver Wire Wednesday. He is Pressbox Fantasy Football Analyst Joe Serpico, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Joe, what's going on, man? How are you? I am terrific. Enjoying this uh, rather fine day out here today. Yeah, I'm, I'm not enjoying anything, Joe, because uh, one of my leagues, the team that I fielded this week was Russell Wilson, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, Gabriel Davis, Allen Robinson, Dawson Knox, and J.K. Dobbins, and I scored a grand total of 57.46 points. So I'm pretty Ooh. sure I should retire in shame at this point and not even bother playing fantasy football for the rest of of the season well it sounds like you've named some decent guys there that it's just all kind of be uh one of those weeks where none of them actually posted it some numbers it sounds like that roster is actually pretty solid well i thought it was but russell wilson stinks like i cannot i'm literally at a no point where there. i'm going to play geno smith before i play russell wilson ever again it is that that bad all right, let's get into um, uh, some of the big storylines this week in fantasy football. Let me begin with a guy that I was high on. I know our buddy Ken Zalas was high on coming into the season, and I obviously had a huge breakout against the Buccaneers. It, it, was this the moment of arrival for Romeo Dobbs in Green Bay? Absolutely. I think you know he's a little bit of a beneficiary of Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson both being out this past week. Uh, but, yeah, he's a guy that was hyped literally all offseason long. There was a lot of talk about him probably playing a key role. He was the one in training camp that seemed to be making the most splash plays. So it doesn't really surprise me that he's the guy right now. And it sounds like he might be the guy moving forward. Uh, Watkins is probably going to be out a couple of weeks, the same situation for uh, for Watson as well. So Dobbs is the guy. Um, if you're in need of a uh, of a receiver, uh, I would still think Lazard is just a little bit ahead of him, even though I – 
I believe off the top of my head that Dobbs had the better fantasy day this past weekend. But, um, yeah, Dobbs is the guy I would definitely be willing to slide in as my wide receiver, too, or a flex. So if you need to uh, make a waiver wire claim on him, I would absolutely do so. Let's just say, hypothetically, you were in a league where maybe you only had $100 worth of FOB to spend for the year. And and maybe... (laughs) You dropped Romeo Dobbs a couple weeks ago in that league, like an idiot. Oh, well, well, again, it all depends on you know what you've got going on on your again, again, like again, team. again, hypothetically, yeah. we're talking about. Let me, yeah. we're, we're talking about a uh-huh. hypothetical situation, Joe. Like not not anything in specific, but let's just say again, hypothetically, it was a league where you did have Mike Evans, so you're going to get him back this week. But your other wide receiver options are again, Gabriel Davis, Allen Robinson. Russell Gage, how much of your fob are you using or are you bidding to try to get Romeo Dobbs back? To get Dobbs back with those with those names that you just mentioned, I'm only throwing let's say a couple bucks here or there. Let's say like three, three, four dollars, uh, just because for me, I always put in for the premium is on running backs. So I'm sure we're about to talk about a yep. couple of those in a yep. couple minutes here, but um, yeah, I always put my thing with receivers always has been almost. I don't want to say almost always, but a lot of times you can find somebody you can stream at receiver. That isn't always the case at uh, running back. So for for this circumstance for Dobbs, I wouldn't go too crazy unless, again, you don't have any other options. But if you have all those names you just mentioned and you want to have Dobbs out as well, just let's say 2 3 $4 somewhere in that ballpark. Okay. All right. Very good. Yeah, let's get to some of the running back situations. Um I know you brought up Jamal Williams last week. Um, I, I hope that there were people that were listening. I assume it's not just DeAndre Swift owners. It's anyone, if Jamal Williams is out there, it's worth using a waiver claim on because it looks like he's going to be the starter for at least the next couple of weeks. Yep, yeah, everything that we hear, the Swift is going to be out for a couple of weeks due to an injury. Uh, and it, We didn't really know that uh, this past Sunday. I know when I was paying attention to the games, I was like, what's going on here? Why is... Uh, Jamal, now I didn't think he was going to carry the ball 20 times and get two touchdowns. I thought he was going to be still in the mix as somebody kind of like a 1A, 1B, like you're seeing in situations like Miami and uh, Green Bay and things of that nature. Uh, but now it sounds like the job is all his. So, yeah, he's a guy, like I kind of mentioned before, I would be willing to put significant amount of fab on him just because, you know, these kind of injuries with running backs, they can linger. Yeah, he's, you know, he's out two weeks. He might come back, play four or five weeks, and then Williams might be relevant again down the, uh, the second half of the street, the season. So those are the kind of guys that I'd rather hold on to as opposed to, let's say, a fourth or fifth wide receiver. So if you're looking for, like, a number to go after Jamal Williams, again, kind of all depends on how, how desperate you are at running back. But let's say if you have about 100 bucks, I'm willing to spend about, you know, you've only got about 10 weeks left in the regular season. So $10 uh, play would be my option. Wow, wow, that is significant. Uh, what do we make of Khalil Herbert? Another one will still... Um, Montgomery, we need to figure out just the extent of the injury, but every time that he's got an opportunity to take on a full workload, he has produced solid numbers, and even heading into the season, there were some uh, some mumbling that maybe he could take over for David Montgomery. Now, that hasn't looked like it's been the case through these first couple of weeks up until this past weekend due to the injury. I believe last week, Herbert only has somewhere around three to five touches, so he wasn't necessarily uh, taking over like a lot of people thought in the offseason, but for the next couple of weeks, he's another guy that I would want to roster for sure. And both these guys we just talked about, they're guys that, you know, again, based on your situation, you're probably putting either as your RB2 or a flex. 
That's wild, man. That's wild that that's where we are. But, yes, I, I completely get it, particularly because running backs have been very disappointing this season, Joe Serpico. Very, very. Absolutely. All of us that said, hey, we better make sure we grab our running backs early because it's thin. It turns out it was so thin we shouldn't have been drafting them at all. We just should have gone zero running back this season and gotten the uh, the valuable wide receivers and quarterbacks early in our drafts. He's Joe Serpico, press box fantasy football analyst. He is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Joe, who are the other names that for waiver wire this week you say worth it? You worth using a waiver claim for this player for this week? Um, another NFC North quarter or. Excuse me, running back. If he's available, highly unlikely because he is typically one of the top handcuffs. Madison. Uh, if for some reason, uh, yeah, if Alexander Madison's out there, that's a guy that every time he gets an opportunity, he produces similar to Herbert. But Herbert, a little bit uh, fewer action than we've seen from uh, Madison. Madison even gets a decent amount of carries when Cook is healthy. But every time he's had an opportunity to take over his lead back, he has been terrific. Um, if you're in the market for a quarterback, uh, I know you just mentioned you got some issues with Russell Wilson, and I remember we talked, um, and you had to kind of thin for what your yep. options were. But if you're in, let's say, a 10-12 to team league, and don't forget, bye weeks are coming in just two weeks. Um, and my top quarterback play right now would be Trevor Lawrence. I uh, starting to look like the number one overall pick. The switch from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson has worked perfectly. Uh, everybody was laughing about all that money they gave the Christian Kirk this offseason. Those two seem to be gelling pretty pretty well. So that would be the guy there. And uh, as far as receivers goes, uh, in my piece, I you know I mentioned Dobbs, but uh, you know if you have Alave available to you, it sounds like Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry are yeah. injured. And I can't not go without mentioning your guy. Yeah, I did add him to my piece this hey. week. The way I pick him, Greg Dorch. Yeah. After what has happened this past week, you know, we know the situation with uh, with D-Hop. Uh, Rondell Moore's been out, and now A.J. Green is out. And we saw this past weekend uh, between Dorch and Marquise Brown, they got just about every target. It was, uh, I believe, Marquise finished with 17 targets, got 14 grabs, and then Dorch was either eight, eight or nine targets. And with the situation moving forward, he is their number two receiver right now, and that is more of a pass-happy offense. So Dorch is a guy that I'm willing to – Again, I'm not going crazy to add him to my team, but if you uh, need a wide receiver too or a flex, Dorch's guy would consider I for love sure. That. Love that. It makes our buddy Griffin really happy. That's been his guy all season long. Hey, um, away from the waiver wire real quick, um, if you're a J.K. Dobbins owner, uh, after what you saw in a small sample size this week, do you, do you play him next week or do you need to, to wait on it a little bit longer? That's tough because we did see a lot of uh, Justice Hill this past week. Uh, somebody who's definitely going to move up, you know, not significantly, but he is definitely going to move up my uh, my board this week because he looks like the more explosive back out of all the backs that they're using right now. As far as Dobbins goes, I'm I don't know. That's tough because you probably use pretty pretty significant draft capital, probably somewhere between rounds four through six, and you always kind of want to start those guys. Um, a couple of those plays, he looked really good. A couple of those plays, you could tell that he was still a little bit rusty. Uh, depending again on your situation, I would, if ideally I would wait one more week, hopefully that he gets some, a little bit more time to ramp up. But if you're in a situation where, you know, you've got to start him then, then you got to play the obvious. You always want to play your studs as opposed to, uh, taking some flyers. Like I saw somebody this past weekend that benched James Conner for Michael Carter. 
I don't know what you're doing in that wow. situation. Wow. Play your guys that you use draft capital on. Uh, anybody, anything else that's on your mind, like, again, away from the waiver wire, but just things that you're monitoring during the course of the week and that we should be following as we start thinking about week four? Well, I guess I can just mention one more uh, one more name that I've been kind of high on, keeping my eye on the past two weeks, and that's uh, Jets tight end Tyler Conklin. Uh, okay. He's averaging eight targets a week. Um, now, we know that typically Joe Flacco uh, is kind of been heavy targeting uh, tight ends. We've known that since his days in Baltimore. We don't know if that's going to necessarily be the case uh, once Zach Wilson takes over. But he has been in te- steady getting targets. He's a guy that, at a position where it's kind of up and down, you know, I have a solid, let's say, top six or seven tight ends that I'm going to start every week. But then after that, it kind of becomes a streamer. And Conklin is pretty much in that line right there. If you have, let's say, you know, if you're picking between Irv Smith and Conklin, right now, I want Conklin. Um, that's, that's, boy, I didn't, I didn't realize we were there, but I, I get it. I get the theory. That's, it makes all the sense in the world. I wish Trevor Lawrence, by the way, I just, as you've been talking, I've been searching and there's no, Trevor Lawrence definitely not available in any of my leagues. Cause I am with you. I am yeah. on board. So I'm he's available in my league, but we can only own two QBs. Mm. So is it worth it to drop? I have Derek Carr and Tua. So do I drop either of those guys to go get Lawrence? Oh, that's a good question. Because yeah. um, they're all kind of in the same like general area for me. Those three guys are probably between, yeah. let's say, ten and fourteen. Um, yeah, that's kind of tough. I always try like when you're in that circumstance. I don't know how the rest of your team looks, but if you could stack some guys, if you have let's say Kirk already on your team, and you know you want to add uh, Lawrence, go for it. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of tough. Just after what we saw from Tua, uh, you know, last week against Baltimore, and then Carr has been one of the guys that I really like to you know heading into this year. I think he's going to. Uh, finally put up fantasy relevant numbers so that's tough that is gotcha. really tough i do have there. kirk and waddle on my team so you think i should roll with tua and trevor lawrence uh yeah i would go that route see All if right. you can see if, if there's any way for you to uh flip cars or even you know something because quarterbacks don't get gotcha. the same value back in trade as uh position players but if you could flip them for anything that's uh going to help you out later on yeah go for it all right at joe serp on twitter is how you follow him pressboxonline.com is where you see all of his stuff joe serpico appreciate you man let's talk again next tuesday all right absolutely that's joe serpico pressbox fantasy football analyst joining us here on gcr getting us ready for week four Today's show is also brought to you by Glory days grill the oktoberfest menu is here and it's spectacular God, it's good. Slam dunk pretzels, the cheddar ale soup. A- any combination of those things. It's like that Natalie Portman, um, uh, uh, was Natalie Portman, Mila Kunis, Ashton Kutcher conversation that we had the other day. Any combination of the slam dunk pretzels and the cheddar ale soup. So if you go with the slam dunk pretzels by themselves, if you go with the cheddar ale soup by itself, or if you go with the slam dunk pretzels dipped in the cheddar ale soup, any of those combinations works much like any of the combinations of Natalie Portman, Mila Kunis, and Ashton Kutcher work. It's amazing. Amazing. What a, what a time we're living in. I have not stopped thinking about it, and I never will. Never will stop thinking about that. Um, Glory Days Grill also has right now the, uh, the, the Bavarian burger on the pretzel bun, the chicken mm-hmm. schnitzel, the Brewer's sausage platter, the Brewer's sausage sandwich. What are we doing Let's leave. Let let MC Ernest do simply the bets. You and I can run over to Glory Days Grill and get some oh god, Oktoberfest food right now. Glorydaysgrill.com is the website. 
for you to do that. You prepared to do uh, simple the bets. You have uh, everything you understand. I think as a as an NCAA athlete, I have to oh, decline your offer. B- this guy, I'll this go guy, I'm not allowed <laughs> to. I want to protect my eligibility. Get out of here. Get out of here. All right, um, that is coming up in just a couple of minutes as we are winding down a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Joe got in earlier. Joe said, um, while it does feel stupid to be having a debate right now about who the MVP is, uh, oh, you know what? Somebody else messaged me about this too. Somebody, uh, Dylan said something about this earlier on Twitter. Do you think that Lamar Jackson will have a harder time winning it because he's already won one? It's such a weird, yeah. like, one, I, and I said this yesterday, what are we doing? Get to week five, at least. And then let's talk about, if you want to talk about MVP then, fine. We're three games into the season. What are we doing? I also understand that people like trying to make futures bets for the for the funsies of it. Let's wander over to the old FanDuel Sportsbook and see. I believe he's, what, plus 700? Is Lamar? That, Lamar is. That, is. is he yeah. the favorite? No, I think Josh Allen's still the favorite, plus 300. I understand that, and I think Mahomes is up there with Lamar. Uh, Josh Allen plus three hundred. Lamar has moved to plus five fifty. The second favorite, Jalen Hurts, the third favorite at the moment, plus six hundred. Patrick Mahomes at plus seven. Jalen Hurts is ahead of wow. is ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Now those numbers obviously will move throughout the course of the season, and we're three games into the year. <laughs> so if I have any betting advice, it's don't. Lamar was plus two thousand at the start of the year. Uh, you know what? I, I I threw five bucks on it. Fine. Fine. <laughs> I got no issue with that. I got no issue. And honestly, I got no issue with you doing five bucks right now. Like, if, if you're just saying, hey, these are all plus odds, It's and it's specifically with Lamar. I've said this a million times. If you're a fan of a team anyway, and you just want to be like, hey, if it goes well, I want to I be double dipping. I want two bites of the apple. Fine. Fine. I get that. But really... We're betting on MVP three weeks into the season. Keep it in your pants. Keep it in your pants. That's what I would say most. As far as when we get there, I, let's revisit that conversation. This is what I'm going to tell you. We can revisit that conversation. If Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson appear to be the two runaway favorites for MVP, like come week 11, let's talk then about whether or not it might hurt Lamar Jackson that he's already won one, whereas Josh Allen hasn't, and there is a desire to to have him crowned an MVP quarterback. Let's talk about that when it becomes a relevant conversation to have, not after week three. Settle down. Let's get a tidbit instead. Tidbit is brought to you today by the Tyus Bowser Show and Guilford Hall Brewery, which is where we're going for the next Tyus Bowser Show. So on Tuesday, October 4th, one week from tonight, no show tonight, next Tuesday night, we will be back for the next Tyus Bowser show at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North, which is an awesome place. They've got indoor and outdoor areas. While the weather is still nice enough for you to be able to enjoy the outdoor uh, seating, I would encourage you to check it out. They also have multiple different levels of indoor space. For various different events, you can host private events there. They've got trivia. They've got yappy hour. The food, the Bavarian menu is outstanding. They've got delicious craft beer. I can't say enough about Guilford Hall Brewery. It is really a gem in our city. Now, we already went out there for one Tyus Bowser show. 
I, I wouldn't mind being there for every Tyus Bowser show, but apparently this is gonna we're gonna move it around more after this. Uh, we will be there next Tuesday night. Tyus and his special guest, the Tyus Bowser Show, is a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It is brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. If you'd like to find out more, you can go to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Keep asking if there's a catch. Keep thinking to yourself, like, well, if I go out there, it's not like I'm going to actually be able to meet these guys and get, like, pictures and autographs for free. Unless we tell you otherwise, yes, yes, you can. Now, sometimes we do have to institute policies or rules or something like that. But unless we tell you that, there is no catch. You just get to come out, rub elbows with two of your favorite Baltimore football players. I I don't I don't understand. Like I it's probably better for us that we haven't had like the insane crowds that and I know that I understand how this city works. The Ravens are leading the division in December. It's going to be a mob scene no matter who the guest is. The guest could be the backup long snapper, and it's pure insanity. We're just not there yet for some reason in September and October. But, man, you you missed out. Marlon Humphrey signed autographs and took pictures with everyone who came out to Skip Jack's Crab Deck. Tyus does that for every show. I don't know what you're doing. I would get out on Tuesday night. next One week from the night, next Tuesday night, join us at uh, Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. I think it was uh, Nick Kelly yesterday. Was in the YouTube chat and he mentioned ah, that yes. the uh, the Tyus bump also is still that's that's true. I've had a few people bring that up to yeah. me. Had a few people mention that uh, there is something real, and I meant to bring up Nick Kelly. Also, I apologize. I uh, uh, was concerned for a second because <laughs> it was Nick Kelly who introduced us to the hoop fish bake. He was concerned by your initial reaction that you again might be a terrorist, no. that you might be someone it was, that we have to like exclude, like we have to keep away from schools or something like that. Uh, but as it turns out, it was not good. It was y- y- yeah. So uh, he was relieved. So by with that. the pepper sandwich, the I was my flatulence was coming through my mouth. Yes. So I was burping a lot. Oh, this one went I, the other yeah, way. Yeah, it went the oh, other way. How I about was, that? I felt a lot more gassy uh, yeah. at the back end. Yesterday. You're saying maybe if you're if you're scoring at home. Don't make a casserole with fish and SpaghettiOs. Um, Don't ever do that. Yeah, probably not. Which is weird because Micah was was thinking about doing that on Friday night. He was like, "That's what that's what the ki- all the kids are doing." That it's the it's the fish SpaghettiO challenge on TikTok. Yeah, that sounds like a terrible college meal prep situation sounds, or something. Sounds bad at oh. any level ever, ever, ever. And by the way, again, I can't believe that there have been two different people that have asked me if we we're going to do Nyquil chicken. No. <laughs> No. We'll see. No. <laughs> what is wrong with you? We will no. see. We're not doing that. All right. Uh, um, you got a tidbit. Yeah, so Santander homered a uh, multi-homered game again yesterday, last night. Uh, his fourth of the 2022 season. He is now tied with uh, six other players that have homered four, that have had multi-homered games four times this season. And then there are five other players who have had more than four multi-homer games so i would like you to name the five and then this season yes this season for the orioles you say for for in in general the 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 across okay across major league baseball i was like what the hell sorry sorry well you might it it might be on me i i'm not i'm not actually blaming you this one might be on me um so i want the five that are that have had more than four multi-homer games this season and then if we have time uh the other the other guys Uh, are I i don't i don't know um, I'm going to guess that probably Judge. That would be an excellent guess. He has 11, which is five more than anyone so else. It is fun. I have to admit it's funny. They definitely should not have cut into Monday Night Football for Aaron Judge's at-bats last night 
But it is hilarious that people were pointing out they were doing it during the Wake Forest Clemson football game. When like no one watching, doing, were they not doing it like on all the ESPN broadcasts? Prob- I think like probably. the Mi- not the Miami, but like the um, Auburn Missouri game. Like people were like, "What the hell?" I don't know. I wasn't not watching any right, of these yes, games. But I I understood the point, which is like last night the Giants were playing in the biggest market in the country. There's actually quite a significant crossover audience. There would be a reason for mm-hmm. you to do it during that game where there was no reason for you to be doing it during the Wake Forest Clemson football game just a funny bit that the ESPN I I don't I have no idea what to make of it. I'm um, really hoping he doesn't hit any until a Friday when I'm there. Oh right cuz you're going that to be, New York this that'd weekend. Be incredible. Oh man. Why 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 do you care? I mean it'd still be cool to see. But I mean what, just what the people are, people are going to be seeing? People are going to be, you know, enjoy. I mean, people are going to be going nuts for like, you know, where, whatever where, reason. Where, where are you sitting? Are you sitting uh, somewhere? You Friday night? No, I'm not going to be able to catch it. I mean, I'm, okay. maybe maybe when he's up, I'll just wander to the uh, right field. No, so no, they kick you f really? out. I want to catch it so I can. You don't watch know. It. You don't know this story. It, oh, really? They Legendarily, Drew Forrester and I got kicked out of Yankee Stadium. <laughs> Well, Legend- then it sounds it's like I need the legend- full. I need the full Yankee it's a Stadium legendary <laughs> story of us randomly going up on like a Wednesday afternoon. I I remember it. It was that whatever the day was that Bob Haney got fired because we were gone and like we're getting all these calls from people like what the hell we skipped the show that day and we decided that we were going to go up to to see the new Yankee Stadium and our seats were all the way in the top deck but they were behind the home plate. It's not like behind the home plate at Camden Yards where those are the those are maybe the best mm-hmm. seats in the stadium. These are so far up like you don't mm-hmm. even feel like you're at the game. And it was an afternoon, it was a weekday afternoon game, so there was a sparse crowd. I mean, it's still better than, you know, a game in Baltimore because it's New York, but it was like, you know, 30,000 people, not 45,000, maybe it was 25,000, whatever it was. And there were lots of seats available downstairs. And so Drew was like, what are we doing? Let's go downstairs. I said, yeah, absolutely, let's go. So we go down, we're sitting in the right field stands for an inning or two, and everything's fine. And all of a sudden, somebody walks up to us and is like, come with me. Oh, my. We're like, what the F? Let me see your tickets. And we're like, these aren't our tickets, man. We'll go back to our seats. It's fine. He's like, no, you won't. You're out of here. Were you wearing like O's gear or like? I don't remember. if. Oh, okay. I, don't, I have no idea. Like, I like, wasn't if they're like being, I don't no, know. No, I mean, they, this sticklers is, for no, what we found out is you have to grease. That's the, the thing in New York. Um, like you, you can absolutely go do that as long as you go to the usher and you give them 20 bucks or something like that. And then they don't care. And if you don't do that, it's, you know, it's, it's mob rules is what it was. Okay. And like, we were Karens. Like we were like, we want to talk to your manager. Like we're, <laughs> we're doing the whole thing, man. For just like battling an, to stay for like an hour. Way. Right. And finally, like the director of security for the Yankees comes up and I will all, we always talk about this whenever we talk about this day. The guy's like, I've been watching your guys act. You're not bad. But this is the end of the road. There's no one past me. You've you've done your whole thing. You've gotten as far as you're gonna get. This is it. You're on your way out. And I was Man. like, "All right, dog. That's the end." Of I'll see what my brother thinks. I think. Yeah, uh, do not, do not ah. move seats. Do not <laughs> move seats. I'm very tempted. Or just bring cash if you. Yeah, do. make sure you do. Make sure you bring cash. All right. So, Judge uh, Trout. Uh, Trout's uh, only four multi-homer games. He's tied with Santander. Bum. That guy <laughs> sucks. How about uh, Shohei? Shohei has six, tied for second. About Tungsten Armo Doyle. Uh, that is a good guess. No, not this season. No, not not not. <laughs> oh, Tungsten Arm didn't make the list. No. I'm surprised by that. If I'm being honest with you, uh, he's gotten a lot of pub this year. Mm. I thought maybe that was because. Uh, uh, who else has hit a ton of home? The problem is it's Aaron Judge, and then it's everybody. Like yeah. nobody's even in the argument. 
There's never been a greater disparity between the home run leader and the guys behind him. A uh, Schwarb Schwarbo. Yeah, Schwarbo tied for second with Shohei six. So you got the top three. Uh, who else has hit a lot? Uh, Alonzo hasn't Alonzo hit a lot of home uh, runs. Alonzo only three. He has hit a lot, but only three multi homer games. Uh, Christian Walker. Christian Walker three multi homer games. Paul Goldschmidt. Only three. Right, we're, we're gonna have to. We're gonna. Have uh, to. Houston uh, Astro designated hitter. Houston Astro. Who's been? D- uh, uh, Guriel. Is who's no, been, the, I don't uh, even know who's been DH. The other guy. Hey, they put him in left field every now and then. They put him in left field every now and then. Houston Astro. Left-handed hitter. Left-handed hitter. Why am I blanking on who's been playing? He, Tucker. He, is no, it, no, no. He's been in the MVP. Well, before Judge, you know, started exploding. He was Why am I gonna make a Jordan run. Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez right. has five multi homer games right. and then Rowdy Telez for the Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, okay. That's five right. multi-homer okay. Who are the other ones with four? Uh Carlos Santana, Eugenio Suarez from Seattle. He's so smooth. Yeah. Uh Albert Pujols has four multi homer games. Uh so does Mookie Betts and Byron Buxton. Okay. Very good. Very good. Here's what's coming up totally tubular wise, totally tubular is brought to you by the all new you were gonna get those, weren't you, Micah? You definitely it was chance. right on the tip of your tongue. Uh, you can you can guess if you'd like to guess. Like I'm not I'm not excluding you from that. You're here. You might as well. I think I would have got Aaron Judge easy. <laughs> Nailed it. That's my guy. Well That's done. why he's here. <laughs> uh, it's not like I did that much better than that. <laughs> Tubular is also brought to you by the all new Ginsu Kamado Grill. If you're headed to the game on Sunday, stop by Mother's for the or stop. Sorry, stop by Hammerjacks for the Mother's tailgate. Go to hammerjacks.com to get your tickets. It's free to get in, but there's an all-inclusive option, $49 with premium brand open bar and great food. And since you're there, you'll be able to stop by the Press Box Ginsu Grill Tent. Check out the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill in action. It's the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill for searing, grilling, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. Get the details. Reserve yours today, ginsugrills.com. Use the code TAILGATE, and you get $100 off when you reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill. Here is what's coming up totally tubular-wise this evening. Orioles continue their series with the Red Sox and their minuscule playoff hopes. Masson 2, Kyle Bradish, and Michael Waka Flocka Flame, the pitching matchup at 7 o'clock. Uh, Masson Braves Nationals good at matchup. 7. It is a good pitching Waka matchup. Waka Flocka Flame. Oh, Waka Flocka Good mashup, you said. I thought you said good mashup. <laughs> I, I did say mashup, but, right. but I meant... Uh, MLB Network, Cardinals Brewers at 7.30. TBS is where you can see Aaron Judge trying to hit another home run. Yankees Blue Jays at 7. This afternoon, the U.S. Uh, national team plays a friendly against Saudi Arabia. R- really? Is that a... They not uh, read the room? <laughs> like They not uh, they don't get the newspaper? Maybe, maybe they're playing them to beat their brains in. But like, I get that you like might have to play them in the World Cup. Like You don't get to choose who's in the World Cup, but you get to choose who you play in friendlies. They're calling it a somewhat friendly. Yeah, that's a... You know what? Dynamite tipping. MCMS. <laughs> what is the what is the thought process there? They were like, man, the other guys that are hanging out with Saudi Arabia, they're just getting so much positive uh, attention. We should replicate what they're doing. Really weird bit. Two o'clock today on Fox Sports One. Uh, the U.S. did not look good their last time out against. I think Polish is playing today, right? Okay, well, they got so. that going for him, which is nice. Uh, UEFA Nations League, Switzerland and Czech Republic at 2.45 on Fox Sports 2. Some hockey tonight. The USA Network for WWE NXT tonight at 8. Non-sports highlights quickly. Uh, uh, series finale of uh, Dana White's Contender Series. Bo Nichols fighting, uh, former uh, collegiate champion, wrestling I did, champion. I did not know that my buddy Austin Lane got a contract. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't been following Contender Series I that no closely. Idea. 
Uh, right. Former Jaguar. Uh, I've been friends with his agent for a long time, oh, and so he's okay. been on the show a few times. He does radio down in Jacksonville, apparently. Oh, wow. Got a contract, which Good is for crazy. Him. Love that guy. He lost to Greg Hardy once, and it really broke my heart. Like, that really does, broke my heart. A, that was rough. Yeah. Um, but a uh, new Bachelor in Paradise starts tonight, because I know you were upset that the Black Bachelorette finale yes. was last week, God so now you have heart. all of your favorite Bachelors my from moment. past seasons joined really together. excited. Apparently, the finale of Big Brother was this weekend, and that, that uh, I couldn't believe was still a show. I could not believe that They're still on, like, exists. season 30, so or maybe whatever. 20, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, anything, we got to go. Uh, the, the Nick Kroll special is on Netflix. Today. Okay, very that, good. That is the highlights. Thanks to uh, Chris Canty. Thanks to Joe Serpico and to Clark Judge. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the <laughs> tab at glennclarkradio.com. Tomorrow on the program, Rod Woodson is scheduled to join us, the Hall of Famer. And uh, Navy quarterback Ty Lavatai is scheduled to join us tomorrow as well. Drew Forrester, for better or for worse, will probably check in with us. Stuff and things. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including our friends at Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Casas Inn, the Maryland Lottery, Baltimore County Police Department, Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Grill, the Baltimore Orioles, the Maryland Five Star, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to uh, MC Ernest. It's Micah.Ernest right on uh, on Instagram yes, if sir. the kids want to follow you. And he's been working hard on our video content at Glenn Clark Radio on uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and or no, Facebook, TikTok, and no, no, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Jesus. <laughs> Third time's the charm. Yikes. Uh, Griffin.best. Thanks to Griffin as well. Have a great Tuesday night. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too. Give us just a minute. Um, I think you know what you're doing at this point. Simply the Bets is next. Welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Glenn Clark, Griffin Bass, coming up in just a second. We'll head out to Vegas. Aaron Oster will give us his five L's for sports betting this week. Then later in the show, we will head to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Leon Twyman tried to tell us last week. He tried to say, you see this type of movement on a line, you race out, you bet it. And yet I still did not with Maryland, and I feel like an idiot. For that so we will see what he thinks i believe the maryland line has also moved again this week against michigan state which i assume he'll give us the same advice when it comes to that we will chat with leon twyman in a little bit of course simple the bets as always is brought to you by the fanduel sportsbook at live casino and hotel maryland let's indeed head out to vegas our buddy from Vison. At the A. Oster, mr aaron oster is with us now here on simply the bets what's going on buddy how are you I'm doing well. How about you? How'd your bets do this week? Um, mixed bag for me this week. There are a few that I'm very proud of. Like I, uh, if you follow uh, the fan, uh, live casino in Hotel Maryland on Twitter, the two that I was the loudest about were the uh, the Bengals, um, and I was also very loud about the Ravens in the first quarter specifically, Ooh. and got both of those with ease. So I was proud of those. 
eh, otherwise, you know, kind of rough. Kind of <laughs> a rough week. But the, the ones that I was loudest about, the ones that you should have been paying the most attention to, those came through for me. So I did like that. All right, um, Aaron, you had a good week last week. Um, you, I did. You told everybody, go ahead and bet the Ravens to cover those three points against the Patriots. Thumbs up on that one. Said to bet the under and the pack and the, uh, the Packers bucket the Packaneers. That's what we're just going to go with. Said, said to yeah. bet the under and the Packaneers. That also came through. And I'll have you know that Griffin dug up that back on all the way back on May 31st, you told everyone that White Sox at minus 105 to win the AL Central was a loser. And that was confirmed go. this week as the uh, Guardians clinched the AL Central over the weekend. So a good week for Aaron Oster. Let's see if we can follow up on that. I get nervous whenever I say those words. Let's get five uh-huh. L's. Let's get five L's for this week. A local, a long shot, a long term, a loser, and a lovable bet. Begin locally. What are you seeing? You know, this one's going to be a really tough one uh, to pick. I kind of hate everything about the spread and the total and just this game could go in so many different directions i agree so i'm so i'm going to go with what i think should be a pretty relative standby uh all season long i think the bills are going to score points uh i have no idea what the ravens are going to do i think the ravens could absolutely win this game i think this could be absolutely be a shootout but i'm relatively confident in saying that the bills are going to score points in this game obviously they're coming off of only scoring 19 points against the dolphins but there was a lot going on uh, there with the weather and everything else and a couple weird plays. They should have had more than 19 points in that game. Uh, the total in the game for the Bills, the, the Bills team total, is 27.5. I think they're going to top that. So uh, right now the 27.5 is at minus 116. So give me over 27.5 for the Buffalo the Bills. disrespect that you are showing to Jason Pierre-Paul. My God, <laughs> this will not stand. The JPP is here now, Aaron. It's everything I mean, is changing. Game changer. game changer. Everything is changing. I, in theory, of course, I I I like I like. In, it sounds about right. Um, you know, there's the question of why didn't they score that many points a week ago against the Dolphins? And I know that part of it was they were playing in the heat and. You know, there's some anomalies mm-hmm. in there, a missed field goal, a fourth down conversion that should have been because of all the bizarre things in the world. Josh Allen, um, you know, dumps the ball in the dirt uh, at the yeah, end. There, there was the end, the end of the first half, right? Right. With, like, you know, the fake spike instead of the actual spike or the, the yeah, bobble. And a, and a, like, right, so that's apparently, yes, I get that. It it's it's weird, but yes, your theory I tend to agree with. In theory, I think that is the right way to bet. And yes, I I do think the question is more um, – it's it's not – I don't think the Ravens' defense is likely to be what wins this football game on Sunday. Right, so I exactly. Am, I am with you on that. All right, uh, next up, let's go long term. Let's go with a futures bet that you like this week. Um, this is one – I've given kind of variations of this. I know uh, several months ago I gave out the Eagles to win the NFC East, and I, I mentioned A.J. Brown last week, and – you know, obviously the Eagles are hot right now. They're going to be on everyone's talk. But the reason I'm giving this out is not so much I love the number as much as if you like the Eagles, you have to play any futures bet right now. The Eagles right now to win the NFC is plus 370. They have moved into the uh, favorites to win the NFC. Um, the number might be a little bit low, but it's just going to get lower because their next six games 
Jacksonville, Arizona, Dallas, Pittsburgh, Houston, Washington. They're very likely to go 6-0 and in that stretch, 5-1 yeah. at worst. You're never going to get numbers on the Eagles better than you will right now. And quite frankly, the way this is trending and, and when you look at their schedule, they probably are going to get the one seed in the NFC when all is said and done. So I don't hate betting the one seed, of the team that looks very good, to win the NFC. And again, it's, it's mostly about if you like the Eagles at all at anything. If you like Jalen Hurts' MVP numbers, if you like Eagles to win Super Bowl or NFC or whatever, you got to get it now because these numbers are just going to plummet over the next month and a half. Um, they are, probably. They, that's probably the case. Um, I, I get it. I mean, I get it. I, it's still... You know, there's still something. There's still a lot of risk involved. Like there's still like health, right? Like there's still what happens mm-hmm. if Jalen Hurts gets, you know, no no pun intended, hurt. Um, you know, like there's still stuff there. But I I understand every element of what you're saying, which is you're not getting better odds on this at any point, anytime soon. Correct. I'll give you. A, I still think the Rams are the better team in the NFC. Like I just do. I still think they're the more complete, better team. I I get why we're all in love with the Eagles. I understand that. I just right now I'm still lining up that way. All right, give me Fair your enough. give me your long shot. Give me the underdog that you like the most this week. You know, I was having trouble finding something this week for a long shot, and I decided, you know what? Let, let's get a double dose of local flavor here because there is a bet that I'm at least intrigued with, and it's a it's a local uh, kind of long term play. Right now, Lamar Jackson is 25-1 to 1 to have the most rushing yards this season. And what? in a season... What? This is really... It, I, again, just let me, let, me, let me kind of lay this out right now. Okay. I know, it's a long shot. I'm staying near the front. Long shot. But when I'm looking at some of these long shots, I'm looking for, okay, this probably isn't going to hit, but if it does, here's why. And this is a season that's been really funky for running backs this year. No running backs really doing all that well. It seems like every steady running back that we thought is in a timeshare, is in, you know, is just not getting as many runs as we thought. They're behind, you know, really horrific offensive lines that we didn't necessarily expect to be horrific. You know, right now, Nick Chubb is leading the way in rushing yards, and Kareem Hunt is going to be getting uh, more action here as, as the things go along. There's not that one running back that seems like he's going to really be running away with it. And quite frankly, the Ravens' offense is running best when Lamar Jackson is running the ball. And I think they're going to realize that as the season goes on. So again, this is a long shot. Probably won't happen. But I do think that there is a path here that Lamar Jackson does actually lead the league in rushing. All right. Um, most teams, you know, start running the ball a bit more as the weather turns. You know that, right? Sure. Like, I mean, yeah. I just I understand everything you're saying about um, the, the how weird of a year it's been for running backs, but I, I don't think that suddenly, like, that's going to change the way that running backs get used in November and December. I, I, I really I, – I love Lamar Jackson, and I love the fact that he's running. I am actually a big fan of Lamar Jackson running, but I don't, I don't like this one at all. Oh, I, this one, I, yikes. All right, Aaron Oster is with us from Visa out in Vegas. Let's get to uh, a loser. Oh, can I give you a loser bet that I, I have for this week? Absolutely. Lamar Jackson leading the league in rushing yards at <laughs> plus 2,500 is a loser. That's a, do not make that. No, I'm kidding. 
kidding. Uh, uh, give me your loser. What's the bet that you say? Whatever you do, do not make this bet. You know, normally when I do these loser bets, I try to find the favorites that pe- or the like the long-term favorites that people are betting that I don't necessarily agree with. I'm going to do something a little bit different this time. Um, you'll see, you'll hear people. Uh, Scott Van Pelt is one of these people. Subscribe to the smell test theory. The idea that basically when a line doesn't really make sense, when a, you know everybody and their mother is going to be on one side. Go the opposite this was direction. the this was the Pittsburgh New England thing a couple weeks ago. This this was yep. that every we, we all said the exact same thing. What is this line? Why is New England favored on the road? This makes no sense. And like idiots, yeah. we all didn't play it. Like like idiots. Ah, it's very very frustrating. Yeah. So while um, I'm not as gung ho as Scott Van Pelt and others on the smell test theory, I, I absolutely do believe in the idea of, well, maybe not play, you know, holding your nose and playing the other side, but absolutely avoiding the side that you know everybody and their mothers is going to be on. And to me, this week, the Dolphins are plus three and a half against the Bengals. Everybody is going to be walking into the FanDuel sports book on Thursday and saying, "Wait a second. The team that just beat the Bills mm-hmm. is getting three and a half against a bad Bengals team. I can get more than a field goal against this Bengals team with the best team in football, the team that beat the Bills, the team that looks so good and two is going to win MVP. This is easy. Free money. Yep. Yeah. Everyone's going to do that. The books know everybody's going to do that, and they're still sitting on plus three and a half and they're not moving it despite any of the money coming in. I don't know if I can handle taking the Bengals, but I know for a fact I am not playing the Dolphins in that game. I get it. I completely get it. Everything about it screams play the Dolphins. Every single thing about it screams at you pick the Dolphins there. But that's that's what they want you to think. They want mm-hmm. you to take the rolls. <sighs> not doing it either. I'm not doing it either. All right, and uh, – <laughs> Give me the one that you love. Give me the bet that you say. But this one, absolutely 100%. Go make this bet immediately. You know, I'm, I'm going back to the totals. It went well for me last week. And I was looking for an under that I really liked because unders are hitting at an outrageous pace recently. I think that is going to flip pretty soon. And it might be this week. And it just so happens that the only total that really jumped out to me is an over in this one. I'm looking at the Browns-Falcons game. The total in that game is 49.5, and and both offenses have been looking really good for this game. Browns have scored 26 in all of their games, and their defense, while that was supposed to be one of their real uh, high high points, gave up 31 to the Jets, gave up 24 to the Panthers. Falcons' offense is better than the both. Meanwhile, Falcons' games have hit 50 for the total in each game. They gave up 23 to the Seahawks this past weekend, and they scored 27 against the Rams. I like both offenses. I'm a little questionable about both defenses. Who knows what Miles Garrett, if he's even going to be playing in this game or not after that uh, car accident. And if he doesn't yeah. play, I like this total even more. So give me over 49 and a half in uh, Browns and Falcons. I, I have no issue with that whatsoever. There you go. Those are your five S. Hey, did I see, did you tweet uh, over the weekend that the line moved again this week for the Maryland game? Like there was quick movement when it was posted? Yep, uh, it was posted at uh, Circoa, which is out here in Vegas is usually the first to bet. It got it opened at Maryland minus four, went all the way up to Maryland minus eight, back down to minus seven right now, and seems to be uh, holding around there. But yes, early movement 
was on uh, Maryland against the potentially really horrific Michigan State team. So we'll see what happens there. Man, I am so mad at myself for not trusting the line movement last week. I am so – that's another one that I should have known better, but this is me, the Maryland football fan, that has watched way too much Maryland football and just sort of assumes assumes they're going to get steamrolled going up to Michigan. I should have trusted Vegas. I don't know what I was doing. All right, uh, at VA Oster on Twitter is how you follow him. Uh, what's going on uh, out at uh, VEASAN? Uh, VEASAN, obviously we're in the midst of football season here, and we're getting you geared up for NHL season. We will have an NHL guide coming up. You can check that all out at VEASAN.com. They're, they're, and, uh, they're, they're doing the that again, huh? They're doing, they're doing yeah, that Yeah, it's weird, right? I feel like it just ended last week. I feel like... Pretty much. Uh, no, I, I, I did see that exhibition game started over the weekend, so... Uh, wow, we are, right? Yeah, we are getting geared up. All right, sir. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Hope everyone hits their bets. That's Aaron Oster checking in with us from out in Vegas. We'll run it by Leon Twyman again. He he told us last week. He said, "When you see that type of movement, go bet it." It's happening again. Maryland has been bet significantly all the way out to. Plus, it got to plus eight, but I think it's plus. I'll double check if that's the line that it is for FanDuel at the moment. I believe it's seven and a half. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. From where it started at four in Vegas, which he tells us means somebody knows something. It's weird. I don't like trusting Maryland football. It's it's an awkward feeling to have. By more than a touchdown? Ah. We'll talk about it. With our buddy uh, Leon Twyman, Uh, that'll be next. It is uh, Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. See Olympic athletes in action as the nation's best horses and riders compete in one of the world's premier equestrian events at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Academy, October 13th through 16th in Cecil County. Don't miss the breathtaking excitement of the dynamic cross-country competition or the elegance of dressage and precision of show jumping. There's also great shopping and activities, including a fresh food fest, corgi race, and a beer, wine, and spirits showcase. So come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the Mars Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill, presented by Brown Advisory, October 13th through 16th. Learn more and buy tickets at maryland5star.us. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus, some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. 
Day, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The Maryland Lottery presents Raven's Greatest Plays. 2021, the game on the line. With three seconds left, the Ravens connect on an impossibly long 66-yard field goal to beat Detroit, the longest field goal in history. Another great Ravens play belongs to Touchdown Joe from Silver Spring. Joe scratched a Ravens scratch-off and won a top prize of $100,000. You could be next. Play Ravens scratch-offs to win instant cash or enter to win great second-chance prizes. Please play responsibly. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face it just always seems to be a bit much i never how i feel know how i feel about that it is simply the bets um brought to you by the fanduel sportsbook at live casino and hotel maryland and we need to head to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland because this man tried to tell us last week. He tried to, and we still screwed up, and we picked Michigan and bet Michigan, and I feel really dumb about that. He is, of course, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. He is our buddy Leon Twyman, and he's with us now here on Simply the Bets. Leon, what's going on, brother? How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? Um, I would have been doing better if I would have listened to you last Tuesday, and I would have <laughs> put my money down on Maryland to cover. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I that I asked a week ago. This week, uh, Maryland plays Michigan State, and the line started at a very reasonable Maryland four points. Like Michigan State struggled. Maryland looked pretty good, even in a losing effort against Michigan. I can understand why they'd be favored by a few points at home. But very quickly, that line went crazy. Um, at some places, all the way up to Maryland, favored by eight points. Right now, you guys have it sitting at Maryland minus seven and a half. Knowing how significantly it moved, would you tell me that I should be racing in to be betting Maryland because clearly someone again knows something? Yeah, it's, that's a tough one. You know, um, <laughs> that's that's a big jump. So I'm looking at that myself and. You know, with it jumping as high as that in the beginning, yeah, I probably would have taken it at four. Uh, right now, I'm almost leaning more towards Michigan State. Ooh, on the spread. Ooh, you just think there's enough there's enough room in there. This is the tough part. The the idea of Maryland beating anyone by more than a touchdown is difficult for. I mean, but I I think what we're struggling with, Leon, is we've all watched a lot of Maryland football over the years. And we're not really right. thinking about, like, we're not capable of just putting it in a vacuum and looking at Maryland this year. All of our scars, all of the things we've been through are going into the decisions that we make betting-wise, and we're not being unbiased. Like, we are betting with the emotions and the ghosts of years past and saying, no, we can't believe in Maryland football. They're always going to let us down. Whereas on paper, like, maybe it's not all that crazy that it's seven and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, 
it's interesting. That's that's all I can say right there. All it's right. definitely interesting. All right. So you're not telling us to race up. That is relevant. We will we will file that away this week. Um, <laughs> Leon, how do the books do this week? So um, you know, overall, we did extremely well for the entire weekend. Um, prior to yesterday, we were holding um, a very high percentage, and then we got killed yesterday with the Dallas game. Really? Everybody was on the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Um, basically, a negative eighty percent. Jesus. Our, yeah, it was. It was crazy. Oof, boy, you guys are everywhere. I hate that so much. You stupid. God, the Cowboys fans. Uh, it, dri- <laughs> it drives me insane. What was going so well over this weekend? Where were you guys winning so much? Uh, just with the uh, the Chiefs, um, that was that was a huge one for us. Um, you know, the Raiders, uh, the Bills. The Bills was just that got everyone. That was just insane there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I lost that one myself. Um, I will ign- wait, or did I? No, I might have been on my. I was on. I had Miami. Yeah, I got that one. <laughs> yeah, everybody else, you're losers. I got that one. Um, and then the Chargers, Chargers that got everyone as well. It's just crazy. What about where was the where was all the action on the Ravens game this past week? Uh, everyone was on Ravens. Yeah, um, makes sense. So if if the favorites would have won, if the Chiefs, Bills, and Chargers would have won, we definitely would have taken a huge hit just because of those three plus the Ravens. What about this week? Where are, are you starting to see money come in on the Ravens bills? Because I feel like this is a tricky one for me betting wise. Like I, I feel like locally people will be inclined to bet the Ravens because like, hey, you're you get the opportunity to get points on the Ravens at home. That doesn't happen very frequently. Like why, why wouldn't you be betting that? I'm gonna guess that'll lead to action coming in on the Ravens, but I am struggling with this line. Yeah. So that's. That's a tough one as well. Um, we haven't seen a crazy amount come in just yet. The ones that I have seen, it's it's all Ravens right now. It's Ravens yeah. money line. Yeah. So you know that's that's definitely going to be typical here with it being the home team. So we haven't seen too many bets just yet, but I'm sure as it gets closer with uh, tomorrow, usually like the rest of the. Uh, the player props and whatnot, they'll become available. So at that point, we'll see a lot more action. Oh, oh, I need you guys to start posting those anytime touchdown scores a little bit quicker during the course of the week because I, I we're just going to keep betting Mark Andrews touchdowns every week. Like, we're just going to keep oh, doing it. I don't care. You could, make, you could make it minus 500 at this point, and I might still bet a Mark Andrews anytime touchdown score in the course of a game. Like, it's, it, it is almost a guarantee at this point. Yeah, definitely. And you'll see it pretty much like how it was last year with uh, in the previous years with um, the Titans and Henry. Like, Derrick Henry, it would just get insane. It would get up as high as minus 700 for a touchdown. Are you serious? Yeah, it's just insane. I Okay, I can understand that a little bit more with a running back, right? Like, I still feel like when you're talking about a receiving touchdown, there's got to be a limit about how far it can go, right? Because, like, I get the, I get the theory – if you're if somebody's going to run a touchdown and it's going to be Derrick Henry, right? But like, you know, there are as much as we laugh about Mark Andrews, I mean, there were there were three other touchdowns on Sunday that weren't Mark Andrews, right? Like, 
I would I would think there's got to be a limit to how far a receiver or a tight end could be as far as their odds to score a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely something I would like to see for sure. All right, all right. We will we will continue to monitor that as the season goes on. He is Leon Twyman. He is the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Any other um, – you, you have a big win this week, someone who just missed a big win, any of those stories you can share with us? Oh, yeah. So this big win was just insane. Actually, just cashed out this morning. So uh, this was correct score for the Dallas Giants game last night, 23-16. The uh, payout on it was plus 14000 Yeah. So, $220 to win $31,000. I I have so many questions, bro. Every time you tell me one of these stories, I'm like, who is walking in on a Monday with $220 to casually bet on something as random? And it's not even – it's a random score, 23 to 16. <laughs> it's not even like a nice round touchdown number. Who in the world is just dropping so- 220 bucks on that? So I will say um, I went back and I, I looked at the other tickets placed around that time. Uh, that guest did have other tickets. So there were some other variants of the uh, variations of that correct score. So there was 10 that was total. That one happened to be the largest wager out of them all. Okay. Uh, which is crazy. So how, how, much, how much total did he bet on various scores? Fifteen hundred dollars, and and he ended up coming out with thirty-one thousand. It's a pretty good day at the office. Pretty decent. Oh yeah, definitely. Day at the office. Anything else that jumped out at you? Uh, we had a lot. So our free bets are ending um, early. We have to end those early, unfortunately. Oh, okay. So um, you can only redeem your free bets that you earned last week. This okay. week, so you're not going to be able to to earn any more uh, moving forward. But we had so many people cash out, just an insane amount off these free bets. We had ten dollars to win six thousand, twenty dollars to win eight thousand, and it was just crazy. So we just had another one today, um, almost nine thousand dollars off a twenty dollar free bet. So. They're loving it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, dude, I, it's it's a chance to get a second bite at the apple. It, um, I, I and plus, if you if you have to be at plus five hundred odds or more, like the idea was going to be, you were going to have a chance to win some something pretty big on uh, those free bets. That is, that's uh, that's that's a cool thing. So, anything that we should know about then? Obviously, um, the the free bet promotion ends. We know that there are more kiosks coming. The bet pads are available. Anything else that we should know about that's going on in the FanDuel Sportsbook? So we also have another uh, We have another event going on right now. And we, we started it, but then we ended up um, stopping it, I guess, because we had, we had just way too many events going on at one time. Um, so right now we're starting back with our Super Bowl sweepstakes. We talked briefly about this. Uh, a couple weeks ago, oh, that's right. we had to stop that. Yeah, we had to stop that promotion just because we had way too many promotions going on at once. So right now, it's running until January 9th. Um, the prize is two uh, Super Bowl tickets. So basically, all you have to do is place a $25 wager, uh, $25 or more, on the Super Bowl, 
uh, the odds have to be at least plus 300 or higher. So when you say on the Super Bowl, it's on any team to win the Super Bowl or to make any, any team. Correct. Any future bet right now for any team to win the Super Bowl. Any future bet on any team to win the Super Bowl. I'm assuming you got to be a live rewards member, right? Correct. And if you do that, are you automatically registered to win, or do you have to go register it? So we have a we have a, a landing page that you would have to register um, to get on there. So once you once you place that wager, you go to that landing page, and we will actually do that here for you. We'll put your information in, and then there will be a drawing. Um, after January 9th to win two tickets to the Super Bowl in Arizona. And by the way, as I look at the uh, futures for the Super Bowl, literally everything is plus 300 or more. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, yeah, the, you, can, you can jump on early right now. Yep, the Bills at uh, five, plus 500 are the favorites right now to win the Super Bowl. Uh, the Ravens winning the Super Bowl, by the way, still at plus 1,400. So sounds like maybe that could be a fun bet for uh, some folks around here to go make, get some money in on the Ravens winning the Super Bowl, and then could you imagine you win this contest and you get to go to the Super Bowl with a chance to watch the Ravens win the Super Bowl with the bet that you've already put in? <sighs> Think about that. It's a, it's a win-win all the way around. <laughs> literally, literally a win-win. Again, any $25 or more wager on a Super Bowl futures bet if you're a Live Rewards member, you can register to win two tickets to the Super Bowl in Arizona. That is an awesome, awesome contest. All right, Leon Twyman, uh, appreciate you, sir. We will talk again next Tuesday, and uh, we will see if maybe, the uh, once again, Vegas knows something we don't when it comes to Maryland football. Yeah, we'll see how this turns out. It'll be a good weekend again. No doubt, man. Thank you, sir. Leon Twyman, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, joining us here on Simply the Bets. As we wind down, we get a tidbit of the week. Our pal Griffin tries to just collect some information about interesting bets that were made, interesting bets that were won. That, that one from Leon certainly qualifies uh, the random score bet for Monday Night Football last night. $31,000. Dude made $1,500 worth of bets, won $31,000 betting yeah, on the score. pretty good. I don't think I found anything even that good. This was kind of a slower week in terms of, uh, you know, I guess magnitude of my tidbit because we had like that quarter million dollar parlay last right. week. So it was a bit of a slower week, I guess. Uh, but uh, let's see, someone had Saquon to score the first touchdown and then Zeke to score the second touchdown in the game, and that was 41-1, to 1, so they put... Fifty dollars on it and won two thousand dollars. That's a that's another random yeah. ass bet. Yeah. What a random parlay to put together. Actually, this is okay. So this is a kind of a big one. Uh, but they had they did Dolphins to win, Panthers to win, Jags. So it was like all underdogs. Dolphins, Panthers, Jags, Falcons, uh, Packers, and Ram Rams were a favorite. They parlayed those together plus nine thousand. They put five hundred dollars on it and it paid out forty five k. I. <laughs> They put nine hundred dollars on it. Five hundred. Five hundred. Still, plus, plus still. Nine thousand odds. Who's just got five hundred dollars to go? You're throwing away. You're like, look, man, I'm not gonna win this, but at the hell, I'll toss it out there anyway. Who's able to do that? Um, were you gonna jump on the alternate spread of the Chargers uh, Jags game? Oh, I wasn't planning to. What would that have if I had if, jumped if you, on that alternate? If you uh, someone did minus nineteen and a half at plus twelve sixty for the Jags. Christ. Yeah, they put three hundred dollars on it. Uh huh. Paid out four k. Wait, at m- it was plus twelve sixteen and a half. 
Yeah, minus 19 and a half was the alternate spread. Well, it's one of the all. They, you yes, can basically yes, yes. get any alternate right, spread. Right, yeah. but that's the one they picked, and uh, should have done the minus Just imagine, 27 and a half. Imagine waking up on a Friday morning and being like, you know what I think I'm about to go do? <laughs> Jags, about winning, to, Jags winning by 20. I'm going to go bet the Jaguars to win by three touchdowns. In Los Angeles. God. I mean, okay. Um, then Jelani Woods, who scored, well, he scored two touchdowns. He did. He the, caught two touchdowns but, from uh, the Virginia first, tight end. Yeah, the first for him to score the first of the game. His line for the day, by the way, like two catches, 12 yards, <laughs> two touchdowns. Massive. Not not Thanks a guy I'm racing big. out to pick up in fantasy, no. but like he's outperformed all of my fantasy tight ends <laughs> this year. Um, I they they they're tight ends. So I picked up a Kylan because I I had Kittle, so he yeah. was so like week two I went to I picked up Kylan Granson from the Colts. I don't know what there. that is because he, <laughs> he was he was he, he got like I think he got like I don't know five or six targets. In yeah, week one. So how'd I was like, oh, let me take a flyer. How'd it go for it? He got like two catches, yeah, for, like okay. six yards. Hey, Jelani Woods only had two catches, yeah. <laughs> and not that many more yards. No, uh, but for him to score the first touchdown of that Chiefs. Colts game was one hundred ten to one. Someone put thirty five dollars on it. Four thousand dollar payout. Why not? Why not? And then uh, so bad beat on Thursday night football. Like it's so funny that these are always like thirty five dollar bets instead of like a five dollar. All right, you know, like a five dollar yeah. bet's a throwaway. Like who knows? You know, it's crazy odds. Maybe it'll come through. They're putting thirty five yeah. bucks down on their throwaway bets. It's like a good dinner. Jeez. Really good dinner. Well, I mean, it's not a. You're not getting a. What? What? Are, where are you going for dinner for thirty five bucks anymore? I don't know. Like a, you're not getting a glory days. Yeah. Okay. You know what? That's actually a good point. You. You know what? I take it all back. You're having a nice glory days dinner for thirty five bucks. I agree with that. Um. But the Pat McAfee super boost was uh, Steelers plus seven and a half. Najee Harris to score a touchdown and the and Nick Chubb to score a touchdown. So the Steelers were down twenty three by six. There was twenty three to seventeen. And then they tried to run that annexation of Puerto Rico. Okay. And the Browns scored a touchdown. Yeah. Steelers no longer covered the yeah, alternate that's seven rough. and a half. That's rough. <laughs> so Man, those those will make you sick. And then so so then in April somebody bet the Guardians to win the World Series plus seven thousand. They put a hundred dollars on it. Uh huh. And they decided to cash out for two hundred dollars. For two hundred bucks? Yeah. When did they cash out? Now? That, like yeah. To, okay. The yesterday. only thing I'll say about that is they're not winning the bet. Right. So yeah. I I get it, and I don't know that it's going to get a lot. How much did they originally put on it? They put $100 on it and cashed out for 200 211 exactly. I mean, I get I do get it. Like, I get that you're like, dude, you you didn't, I mean, you only made 100 bucks on that. But yeah. I also understand that, like, they're definitely not winning the World Series. So you're getting something. Uh, hold on to it. Like, there's such a risk there because there's not a likelihood that they're even winning a a playoff series you know what right. i mean like well, so what you want to do ideally is you want to have them because they would play toronto seattle or toronto yeah or or, or the orioles they're the, they'll be the three right yeah they'll be the three. they'll be the three so they'll actually play yeah they'll seattle play probably yeah. yeah they won't play toronto they'd either play tampa or seattle but right. likely yeah, yeah, seattle tampa. um oh, man, they might win that series damn it I might talk myself out of that. Hey, Micah, thank you, pal. Uh, MC Ernest has got a roll because he's got, I don't know I don't know what he has. I never know what he's doing up there. I have no idea what's going on. Well, he's going to a speech. It's not a, it's not a, you know, I'm not going to make the joke. I'm not even going to do that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I, thank you today. Yeah, good work. See you, um, Micah. So... I, I, my my train of thought's been totally busted by this. Uh, you would have written. You would have wrote it for a little bit longer. Yeah, I probably would have tried to see if they, they win could a game win that. and then that's yeah, a little bit longer. A little bit longer is what I would have done. All right, very good. Uh, thanks today to Aaron Oster. Thanks to Leon Twyman. 
Uh, we will be back on Thursday with Weekend at Bookies this week to get you ready for week four of the NFL season. Uh, thanks to the, everybody at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel for making it possible. We will see you on Thursday. This has been Simply the Bets. May the odds be ever in your favor.